Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. Hey, everybody. Eric Bischoff here. And have you heard about Strictly Business? Strictly Business is a brand-new weekly series exclusively on adfreeshows.com. Join me and my co-host, John Alba, every Tuesday as we take a deep dive into the business of the professional wrestling business. And this is some straight-up business talk here. No fanboy nonsense. We discuss television contracts, advertising, licensing, and, of course, the highly debated ratings. So if you want an unfiltered, brutally honest, anti-fanboy understanding of the professional wrestling industry, well, Strictly Business is the series for you. And, hey, if Elon Musk likes my tweets, and he did, you're going to love Strictly Business. Sign up now. And listen at adfreeshows.com. Get the house you want with the payment you want at buywithconrad.com. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. The first step to buying a house is buywithconrad.com. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. After all, who doesn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all things in your life, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, Geico can even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use Geico mobile app available 24-hour roadside assistance and more and choosing to switch to geico becomes an easy choice switch today and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts it's easy simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save Hello and welcome to my world. This is Paul Bromwell. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, happy Independence Day to you, my friend. Oh, Paul Bromwell, good to hear your voice. I got a good uh, back workout in this morning because I'm going to have to be carrying you like I've... Uh, no. Sad, <laughs> Paul, I am, uh, I'm excited to, to kick this thing off, you know, uh, we are recording this on July 4th. It is, um, I love holidays. Uh, I live here on the water. So July 4th has always been a real fun holiday around the Jared household, uh, ever since God, wait, I mean, forever grew up around here. And so July 4th, a, a, a big, uh, big day. So excited, excited to be doing this as Conrad is out playing Mr. Promoter or who knows what he's doing. Uh, I, I feel bad cause I can't give him a hard time. I like to say things face to face and, and Los Cuatro's Caballeros and all kinds of good stuff. But no, uh, this episode today, my man, 
we're going to pick up on part two, but I know we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, things are rolling. We're the month of July into this month. Starcast kicks off. Um, as me and Conrad, he always gives me a hard time and says, well, what else you got going on? We'll talk baseball here in a minute, uh, more on a solemn note. But uh, we haven't talked ball since the NBA Finals. We got NWO to talk about. We got concussions to talk about. We got um, Jimmy Superfly Snooker to talk. <laughs> we got listen. We got like you said. We got Starcast Five coming up at the end of the month. We got this. What I, I just listened to the part one. Okay, yesterday as I'm traveling home, we're all over the place. You said it. Conrad's all over the place. I've been all over the place. You're running hither, yither, and yon. We got so much going on. It is a big hither, day, hither, Independence yon. Day. Hither. You like that one? Hither, yither, and yon. Is that like a Quasi Baltimore, Virginia. Uh, that, that, I, I don't know what that is, man. That was just a kind of a go-to <laughs> phrase to explain where the hell we've been. But we've been everywhere, man. We're all over the place. But uh, yeah, we got a lot of ground to cover. But you and I were catching up yesterday too while I was traveling back, and uh, you just said, "Hey, man, we haven't talked since the NBA Finals. Did you see Steph Curry and getting the, the job done?" And that's kind of where it all started for us. But did you? What did you think about all that? Golden State winning their fourth title, dynasty. I think that makes a lot of people rub them the wrong way, and that well, that term is thrown around like legend and icon and all that kind of stuff. But um, Kind of mid-season, uh, I'm, you know, as you know, uh, and Paul, you said that we kind of launched into our friendship talking hoops. That's uh, right. Your wife played ball. Um, you know, just that we we bonded over basketball and basketball chatter. But for those that don't know, uh, I am a basketball junkie. But the the kind of the human interest story, if you will, coming out of um, this year's NBA Finals, Steph Curry, is that look, everybody knows he. In a lot of ways, he changed the game. Mm. The three-point shot is a completely different animal now due to him and 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 just kind of he, he how he ran the show. But look, he's no spring chicken, and he kind of I don't want to say retooled his game, but he retooled his body and went into this strength and conditioning. And uh, for any folks out there, uh, a life lesson, and I uh, I try to tell my girls or anybody that just in conversation, I said, man, there's living proof. He rededicated himself, got himself. And if you watch as the season progressed, and especially in the playoffs, no matter how good or talented you are, if you're out of shape, it doesn't matter. And uh, Steph took it to those teams, uh, especially late in games, and um, he was on fire. And, man, uh Got another championship. Uh, does that stick in your crawl? It yes. doesn't. My son. It it's, does. Yes, it's, it does. People want to hate on Steph, and I don't know why. Listen, my son is a huge Steph Curry fan. I compare it to my love for Jordan when I was his age because I was a Jordan fan of the 90s growing up, and he's he's the Jordan of this era for kids. And uh, But no, so I wasn't up, upset. But you're right. You talk about the changes in his and what he's done for the game. But look at the changes. They were showing old clips of him and his how physically he has changed. It's just yep. incredible. I haven't seen a change like that in someone physically uh, since the last time I started watching you episode my world on YouTube to the episode most recently of you on YouTube <laughs> I mean what you have done to your body over that period of time come on Jeff and what the nature boy is doing to himself physically right now right our man Ric Flair for Starcats come on it is crazy man the um who would have thought 
you know, I, I'm, I'm live here in Nashville, obviously. So it's all over radio and just the chatter. And, you know, when you think that there's a URL, there's a domain, rickflareslastmatch.com. Come on <laughs> and move into the midst of auditorium. So, uh, SummerSlam's coming to town with the, all the, the, the entire professional wrestling world. And anybody who's listening to this podcast, obviously is dialed into wrestling. It all centers on Nashville. It's, uh, the roast SummerSlam Ric Flair's last match stage show after stage show after stage show. Uh, it's going to be the biggest, um, I can say this without Conrad here the, and, and he, he agrees. It's the biggest star cast. In ever history. ever that's big it's really really big is this the first time you recorded since you did the press conference on fight tv for the last match i think it is because last week was like uh they did a best of oh, tna we had to juggle yes. yeah 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 oh so no we haven't even talked press conference have no we? so talk about that experience jeff and going down there and you and rick and that was all all over the social media you know what um and I, I did it again. I got emotional when I got on stage because just kind of the moment hit. Look, I'm a basketball, I mean, a baseball, I'm a sports fan. But Mike Keese, the voice of the Titans, uh, just, uh, you know, he's still a young man, but a, a legendary announcer in this area. Uh, and he was the host of the press conference. And when he got up on stage and started talking about not just the stacks, but the emotion. And we had representative from the mayor's office and they're renaming, uh, the fairgrounds, the flare grounds for the weekend and Ric Flair day on July yeah. 31st. And, you know, that building is where I cut my teeth. It's where I went to watch wrestling, uh, in the fairgrounds area. Uh, they tore down the old building a couple of years ago to make way for the new stadium, but still it's that whole same exit that I get off. So I've driven down that road so many countless times. Uh, when I was a fan as a kid, still a fan today, but you know, going to shows, uh, watching the blonde bombers or Tommy rich or who, who, who you can just, uh, Bill Dundee, Dutch Mantel, watch all those guys, that same area. And so that's really where my career started. Yes. My first match was in Memphis, but Nashville's my hometown. I grew up about, I don't know, eight minutes from the fairgrounds, um, 10 minutes. And then to be a part of that press conference and flair on stage. And he's talking about his last match ever. Uh, you know, I saw the first time I saw flair. Uh, that I vividly remember live was in Memphis, Tennessee and, uh, Coco Ware uh, was, uh, you know, working his way up to ranks. And so, but flair had a match with Coco that blew me away. Uh, but you know, there's great match after great match, but you know, to, for him to be having his last match, I mean, hell, I thought it was huge that SummerSlam was coming to Nashville at the stadium. First time we've hosted a, a big uh, event like this plenty of Raw's and SmackDown's and live events and pay-per-views over the years and in your house too. And, uh, flares won two titles here, but man, there's a lot of stats, but we've never had a stadium show. And then the following night, we're going to have Ric Flair's last match. And for me to be on stage and, uh, you know, the representative, uh, from the first step foundation who, uh, is going to be a part of receiving the funds of the auction for flares robe and just the magnitude of the moment. Again, I go back to Mike Keith being the uh, host of the, 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 the event and um, being a part of StarCast. I was a part of the first StarCast when I called old Conrad well before we knew each other like we do today. And I said, hey, man, what about putting this on fight? And he's like, well, 
next thing you know, <laughs> it's on fight. And so our friendship blossom, our business relationship blossom, but for this to be kind of all the stars aligning, um, it is, it is really, really cool. But that press conference kind of the magnitude of it with David Crockett there, look, it, the Crockett's and the Jarrett's, you know, they were in the Carolinas. We were in the Tennessee area, you know, one of 22 regional promotions. So a lot of history went into it. Um, in so many different ways, I got texts, um, after that press conference that just was like, Hey, wow, man, that, that, he, that press conference kind of spelled out how big the weekend is going to be. Uh, it was streamed, you know, YouTube fight it was globally, a massive amount of pickup, New York post, uh, I mean, all, all around Australia, my buddy in Australia was like, Hey, we saw all the clips. It, it, it just, it's a, it's a global event. Uh, and I just, you know, with everything going on in my world, pardon the pun, but you know, with my WWE situation, so I haven't slowed down. Uh, Karen says that, but man, the, the press conference kind of crystallized things, just how big the event is going to be. It certainly did. When you got up and started talking about your grandmother and started getting emotional, man, I could, I felt it's just sitting in my living room couch watching it. And I was overcome a little bit. But uh, it was it was so well done. It made it feel big. It is big. It's huge. It's huge for wrestling. Uh, you, you think about the tradition. It's been mentioned a few times. Flair won two big gold belts there, not only against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, but also Macho Man. The history is there, the tradition. Uh, and it had all the feels. David Crockett, the Crockett name. This is big. This is a big time. And uh, it's big for Nashville. The deputy, I think it was the deputy mayor was deputy there mayor, part of yeah. it. The mayor was on his, uh, I almost, I've said a couple of interviews, I almost said honeymoon. It's his wedding anniversary. Ah, he okay. missed it. And, and so I said, all right, Mayor Cooper, you, you get a hall pass. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 kind of the, his scheduler kind of dropped the ball, but that's okay. Um, the deputy mayor, she did a awesome she job. She killed it. Oh, she yeah. killed it. She's great. And, yeah. and just the, the government, the city government is pumped up about this event. Obviously the fairgrounds, you know, they were people follow. Here's a little, uh, uh, inside baseball. There were guys that were off camera at the press conference that literally have known me since I was 10, 11, 12 years old. They've worked out there for, you know, they were, you know, early twenties, but they went to work out there and the concessionaire D and D there were folks that I don't say in the audience, but cause there was a, that's a working expo hall now, but there were folks that at that press conference that we've known each other, literally God, it makes me feel old, 35 years, 35, 40 years. And they understood the history. Um, it's, it, it just really, again, I'll, I'll say it, it crystallized everything about it that, um, how you, you can say it's a unique event and it goes without saying everybody is has their opinion and Rick shouldn't do this and Rick shouldn't do that and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I get that. I, I'm totally respectful of everyone's opinion, but sure. you know, <laughs> and I've joked about this, about the, the story of me holding up Vince McMahon. Uh, no, uh, Vince didn't have to pay me a cent and, 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 and put the shoe on the other foot. There's not one person in the world that we're going to mandate. You have to watch Rick's last match. Okay. If it's not for you, I get it. I totally get it. Uh, Rick signed up. Rick wants to do this. Right. Rick leading the charge. <laughs> if this so is how good. that legend, if this is how this legend, the best of all time, wants to do it, 
then by God, we're going to sit back and we're going to enjoy it. And it's going to be oh, happening. Man, he's too much. Him trying to rib me on stage. And I saw that, by the way, I noticed that. And you did your own little thing where you reared back there at the end. Don't you think I didn't see that? That was fun. Oh yeah. So lots there we of go. Fun, lots of fun. So, uh, big, 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 you know, and that's why God, I'm glad you brought that up because Conrad not being here that it was, it was, I text him and, and, um, you know, we were in the same vicinity, but I'm like, dude, that was big. And he went, yep. Oh, so. it was. It was very big. Now, I'm glad we got to talk about that. But let's talk about what we do know so far about that Ric Flair's last match, because there's other matches that are going to be on that card that are just as big. I mean, you got the Impact World Champion, Josh Alexander. He's going to take on Jacob Fatu from MLW. That's big time. Killer Cross versus Harry Smith. You got the Motor City Machine Guns, who you know very well, versus the Wolves, Jeff. I know you got to be excited to see that one happen. It's crazy how this card has kind of rolled out because another thing who would have thought the motor city machine guns would be performing in Nashville. You know, they were uh, uh, just pillars of the tag team division in, in, in TNA. Uh, and you know, um, here they are, they're going to be stepping out in this auditorium and, uh, doing their thing. And, and the wolves, it'll be the, the card that's been assembled is, I've said it way back in the day, you know, Memphis uh, had a magic on certain nights that the King was the main event. Lawler was the main event, but throughout the entire card, you had a little something for everybody. And it kind of had so many different touch points, but it's like, Hey, I'm going to go have me a hell of a time and enjoy me a night of wrestling. That's what, that's what this has turned out to be. Without a doubt. And you also, you got a little bit of history with Rachel Ellering there, right? Tradition yep. with the Crockett's against Deanna Perrazzo and the Impact Knockouts champion Jordan Grace in a three-way. I can't wait to see that one. So, man, this card is shaping up, and uh, I'm excited for for that night. 6.05 Eastern. Uh, it's going to be huge. Ric Flair's LastMatch.com. Make sure you get your tickets. It's July 31st in Nashville, and they had to move it, remember, from the Flair grounds to the Municipal Auditorium. Uh, but tickets are going quick man every time i see a social media update it's hey we just have a, a few percentage left of tickets it's it's unbelievable the lower bowl is either clean or almost clean it's almost out yeah that's we're a month out we're a month out still <laughs> so it's, so, it's yeah. yeah uh but that that's in that building again all the history in that um Crazy dude. Just it the is. whole thing has a roll, rolled together. So this episode is being brought to you by Zen nicotine pouches, the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen nicotine pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine. That's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there's been many times in my life where I needed to make a change like trying to be healthier or spending less time at work. I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet. And a lot of smokers and dippers out there can probably relate. Zen understands there isn't just one quote unquote, right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. So whether you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zen will be there with you with the right strength, with the right flavor at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and you want to learn more today, check out Zen nicotine pouches at ZYN.com. That's Zen.com. That's ZYN.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. 
nicotine is an addictive chemical. And Jeff, before we can move on and start the episode, I got to hit on the rest of StarCast because that's just one piece, this Ric Flair's last match. You got the roast of Ric Flair, who they just announced, Ty Domi and Tori Wilson. Now she's going to be a part of it, too. So Ty Domi's going to be there? Ty Domi's going to be there. Oh, wow. So Tori Wilson was announced as well. So, Hey, I guarantee you that we're going to hear more stars that are going to come out for the roast of Ric Flair. Who doesn't want to trash talk the greatest trash talker of all time. <laughs> so that ought to be well, a good time. Those who don't know legendary hockey player, but probably most important for this, uh, a brawler, uh, yeah. pick your ass. On <laughs> yes, he would very quick. So, wow. I didn't know that. That's cool. So, and then uh, you got all the stage shows for Sarcast. You got Foley on stage. You got Brian Danielson with uh, Renee Paquette. That's going to be fantastic. Paige, no longer Paige. She's turning the page. Uh, and and she's going to be on stage as well. Soraya doing her thing. And you got Chris Van Vliet with Claudio uh, Castagnoli. He's doing his thing. So much. So many meet and greets. Jeff, you'll be there, I'm sure, the entire weekend doing your thing. Uh, I'll be down there. Who cares about that? But helping out, whatever needs to be done. It's just a place to be is my point. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to be one of those guys that says, man, I, I wish I would have gone when you see all the results and all the things uh, that have gone down from that weekend. So there's still time for you to be a part of it. Go to starcast.com and pick out the, the ticket package for you. There's plenty of places to stay down there, right, Jeff? Hotels are everywhere. everywhere. But back uh, six, seven years ago, our city grow, grew so quick. We actually didn't have enough hotel rooms, but now we're fully built out. Uh, no, come on down. It's a, it's a party town. Uh, it's a food town, foodie town. Uh, I gotta ask you, man. Yeah. Look at you. You love that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Give me the food. No, (laughs) Paulie's a big eater down here. Nashville has, it's real. Oh, it's a party town now, man. Uh, 4th of July weekend. This entire middle Tennessee area is crazy. The lake is packed. The other lake is packed. Downtown is packed. Sounds amazing. Uh, Hey, what stage show are you looking forward to the most? I've, I've got one that I, I think, I, I, I would love, and I know I won't have time, but I'd love to sit and listen to it at, because there's a combination, but what, what stage show you most looking for? So uh, it's hard to pick one. There's one that I'll pick as, uh, you know, most people may not think, but I'm kind of interested to hear what John, Johnny Gargano has to say with what's next, right? So he moved on with life. Everybody wants to know what the hell's next with Johnny and what he, where he's going to go. So I'm interested to hear about that a little bit. And then always for me, I love hearing the horseman, man, all the old stories. You get Luger on there with Wyndham and JJ all of them together aren't, you can't beat his storytelling. So for the classic Crockett fan in me, uh, I always love to sit around and listen to the four horsemen. What about you? Are you going to get a photo op with us? <laughs> with us? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The four horsemen are going to be on stage. Oh, so, so you're sneaking in there, huh? Wait, did you say sneak? I don't think they've advertised you at all for anything regarding the four horsemen experience. They're trying to sell tickets to that. I think oh, you're going to join in this silliness too. You're going to join in this silliness too. Documented proof, pal. Can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Oh man. We're for- said it. Mongo said it. Shivani said it. Bobby Heenan said it. Are you going to call Bobby Heenan a liar? I'm not calling him a liar, but man, when I think about the horseman, I just go back to those, that the late photo is going to be fantastic. I yeah. can't wait to get up there front and center and, <laughs> and, and maybe have Arn on the left and Barry on the right. And I'll maybe put an arm around Lex Luger. And, and if Rick, 
I don't know if he wants to come up on stage or not. Well, I mean, I don't know if he sees you there, he might not want to. <laughs> that might be the one he's not oh, in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, you know what stage show? What's that? Tell me. Renee is awesome. Okay. She's very, yeah, very, she's great. She's very, she's skilled. I mean, you, you can have conversations and, you know, I think we both would agree the pod father Conrad has a, a knack. That's right. Of, of, of not just telling a story, but, but conversational conversational, but he'll peel a, a layer of the onion off and maybe peel another one off and then maybe go in a direction. But Conrad's very good. Renee's very good as well, too. Fantastic talent and all that. But when she gets on stage with Brian Danielson, there is a lot to cover. But if you really think about his story, it's fascinating to me. It's really, really, really fascinating. And then if you kind of take the last, I don't know, 36 months, has a guy ever left an organization with, I, I, I don't want to say that glowing relationship. Yeah. That wanted him, but, but, but ju- just, the, you know, how the yes chance has kind of dissipated mm-hmm. that, that, I mean, just it, it, that's a fascinating story. Um, his contributions behind the scenes, I think, are go sometimes under the radar, but his storytelling, and I've said this on, on multiple podcasts over the last year, when people invite me on and ask me, Hey, come on. And, and we want to promote my world and we'll talk about this and that and people ask me, what do you think? Uh, you know, I think Brian, um, Danielson, I think his storytelling in the ring, he's got a real knack for it. Like a lot of folks can do moves and a lot of folks can come up and be creative in this and that and different promo skills and all this. But I, I think Brian has that you uncanny ability to tell a wrestling story, um, that, that, uh, is very, very difficult to do. Um, and he does it very, very well. So I, I, I'm at that stage show there's, you know, click this and, Foley and I mean, there's so many, man. Conrad and, and team have lined up grand slam after grand slam after grand slam. But yeah, the last thing we, we need to touch on and then we'll get into the show is we didn't even talk. There's a lot more wrestling. Black Label Pro, GCW, <laughs> New Japan. Jeff, there's so much. Oh man. wow. We see we've gotten long winded right up front. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Black label, uh at GCW, freaking Effie. If he steps foot in my presence, he's got one coming. Ooh, right in your hometown too. So right. Effie, you can right. hear it here first. Everyone put that out there on social. <laughs> <laughs> Wind it up. Oh, I've talked glowingly about uh, Effie's talent marketability. Yeah. Well, you didn't just a few minutes ago. You said he had one coming. So he there doesn't. you go. Hey, New Japan's going to be there too. What they're doing. Music City Mayhem. Can't wait for all that to happen. So much going on. Check it out. Starcast.com. I think that's just about enough of our shilling. But man, it's serious. This is the big time. And uh, all around SummerSlam weekend. Even Conrad take it as shilling. I take it as in my world listeners. It's it's a it's kind of a weekly up top update. Now, I like it. I like it. Got a little long winded today, but that's okay. But as <laughs> We're about to dive into the the NWO part two, right? You got it, buddy. I call it part two because this is, you can call it part one and part two, but the title of this, uh, I can't wait to see what they come up with uh, because it was, um, man, what a crazy time 
uh, in W I mean, we'll get to that, but before we do, I'd like to, you know, I, I can say that I'd like to dedicate this episode and sure I would, but I, I don't look, it's so much bigger than, I mean, this situation that happened in Springfield, Illinois with, with, uh, Springfield, like horseshoes, we've been Conrad have joked and talked and talked serious about it. And I've actually got a slap nut shirt on today from the Springfield lucky horseshoes, but we had an incident last week. Um, just incredibly, um, tragic, uh, Lucas Otto, uh, a pitcher for us, uh, was killed in a two car accident. Um, uh, about 1130 at night, got hit on, uh, hit head on, uh, from a, another car going the wrong way, uh, mm. down the interstate. Um, not all the details will come out, so I'll, I'll leave that for another time. But, uh, the real tragedy is, is that, um, you know, today is independence today and, um, a lot of folks out celebrating and partying and all that. Well, there's a family, uh, the Otto family up in Illinois, uh, they are burying, uh, their, their young son pitcher on our team. Um, they're burying him today. Mm. And so it, I, I think it, and again, um, it's, it's one of those things, Paul, that how quick we take life for granted. It can be gone in an instant. Uh, last Wednesday, Lucas was with us last Thursday. He wasn't, he died, uh, pretty much instantly. Um, and then the, the gentleman driving the other car, he passed away two days later. So, um, you know, those kind of situations happen and you just not just scratch your head. You just kind of think in disbelief and, 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 and for me, uh, you know, July 4th is a, is a celebration, uh, like everyone celebrates our freedom and our independence. Um, and, and a lot of people zero in on politics these days. And it, yes, we're a free country and, uh, the gun, uh, debate and the abortion debate. And I don't get into politics. I, that is not what this is, uh, is about, but, but a lot of people wrap their head around freedom being those type freedoms. And yes, we live in a free country, which is an incredible blessing, but just kind of the freedom, Paul, that me and you enjoyed today to get up and uh, take a, take a breath. Yeah. That, that, that is something. So my heart goes out to that entire family, the, the city uh, of Springfield, Illinois, uh, really all of central Illinois, incredible, Paul, overwhelming, uh, to Jamie tool, my partner in baseball and the entire organization, the ownership, the players, the families, the team, everyone uh, really come together. Visitation was uh, yesterday, Sunday, and uh, burial today. And, uh, you know, uh, again, uh, life is so fragile. It can be gone in an instant. And so uh, I count my blessings every day. Uh, and, uh, again, my heart goes out to, to the Otto family. Mm. Now, thank you for sharing that, Jeff. You, uh, I, well, I had mentioned that I had seen you and Karen both both post on social media and wasn't sure what happened. And then you provided me with the update yesterday. So, uh, you know, again, all the prayers in the world going out to that family right now, the auto family, uh, can't imagine, uh, what they're going through with all that. So thank you for sharing for sure. 
Um, so with that, as tough as that may be, uh, we're going to try to have a little fun though today here oh, and Con- we're gonna- listen, Conrad, no, <laughs> and we're going to talk about NWO 2000 part two and, uh, you trying to come back from the concussion, which was kind of what we wrapped up with what you and Conrad wrapped up with trying to make sense, of NWO 2000, as you and Conrad said, how to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. And Jeff, as I listen back to part one, to me, it went from creative to catastrophe. If we could name the episode creative to catastrophe is what it sounded like to me. You like that? <laughs> I mean, you had Brett's concussion, Goldberg's forearm injury, and then how you and Connor had ended the show it was with your concussion. So, so much going on, man. You guys were talking about the hot mess with these cage matches and three on threes. Piper was the referee and just, just a shitstorm of activity. So we're going to pick up though, with you getting your, your, uh, your slap nuts blasted. And, from uh, creative to catastrophe. From or, creative to cr- catastrophe. That's how that episode went. The uh, the, the train tra- train wreck known as NWO two thousand. That's right. Curse. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's like the the can of uh, spray paint was pulled out on on the whole every format every creative. <laughs> That's meeting. right. That's right. It was like every show format must have been spray painted. There you go. So listen, if you guys haven't listened to part one, please make sure you find it in the archives. You can check it out. Also adfreeshows.com. Watch it on YouTube. But I do want to recap where we, uh, you and Conrad left off. So the NWO reforms on December 20th, 1999. You got Bret Hart. He's hurt, but it's not diagnosed yet. Scott Hall is MIA for personal reasons. Scott Steiner has rejoined the NWO. You have Kevin Nash and Bret Hart. They're wrestling each other in the main event of Nitro as punishment from WCW commissioner. Yes, this is right. Terry Funk. He's the commissioner around this, this point. You're wrestling at Buffalo for the go home show for sold out on January 10th, 2000. And you're taking on in this order, Jeff, three legends with Chris Benoit as the referee. I'm not making it up. You got George the Animal Steel, yes, the one who eats the turnbuckles with the green tongue and more hair than I've ever seen on my head in a bunkhouse match. You got Tito Santana. You're going to take him on in a regular wrestling match. And then in a steel cage match, it's you against Superfly Jimmy Snuka, where you do suffer from that terrible concussion from the splash off the cage. And then on top of that, you take a headbutt from Chris Benoit, which you don't even remember. And, uh, man, I tell you what, this is three weeks into the new NWO being formed. Did I get it right so far? And it, uh, again, when we do these, uh, podcasts and the research and I read things, Paul, and I think about this is December of 2000, the original NWO was four years. Yeah. It, four it, years. I mean, it's so, yeah, I mean, that is a lot of episodes, 200 episodes of TV or or nitros, whatever, but it's still not that long ago that they went through the black and white, the original group. And then they added a six and a seventh and an eighth and a 10th. And it, you know, it, it got way out there. Then they went black and red and then the LWO, the last order. I mean, all the iterations. And then I, I, I I kid you not when, when all this went down and we're like the NWOs reform and I'm like, Okay, but the original kind of concept and idea, at least from the get-go, it was laid out in a way that you go, okay, let's give this a shot. Let's see where this goes. And 
you know, at that time, you don't know the, the I mean, you don't know Bill's situation. He's going to get hurt. You don't know Scott Hall that that's going to go with the way it did. You don't know that I'm going to end up with a concussion. You know, I mean, all, all the things that happened that were completely, if just one of them would happen, you would have said, oh man, that's kind of a run of bad luck for that talent. But boy, you talk about a creative storyline that was completely snake bit from the very beginning. This is it. And it's like uh, Conrad said too, as you guys talk through it, if you're playing from behind, right? He used the analogy of it's the fourth quarter or three scores down and we're just throwing hail Marys. And he had a lot of fun with that, but uh, it's true. And, and as I listened to that, I thought, well, it's similar to what they tried to do with the horsemen. The horsemen were so successful in the eighties. So let's try to revive that brand multiple times and see what sticks. NWO then became our, our late nineties version. Let's try to start re, you know, revisiting that brand, try to pump life into them and see if we can use that to kickstart you know, the ratings. As you said in the episode, ratings were everything Russo was concentrated on. So, so this is where we're at, Jeff. And, uh, you ready to get this going? Well, I, I guess so. As you were saying that the four horsemen, the NWO, uh, it'd be remiss without saying the bullet club, you know, the bullet club, oh, yeah. was one of those, uh, unique groups that, you know, when, when, uh, Finn Balor known as Fergal Divick, when he left the group to go to WWE, there was a lot of, Ooh, how's this going to go? But actually the timing worked out perfect and AJ Styles slid in there and then things just kept growing and growing. And so that was probably a novelty that, that things got bigger and more guys added and it became more successful. Most often than not diminishing returns, literally from iteration two, iteration three, when you get down in double digits, pal, <laughs> forget it. <laughs> Forget that it. lightning in a bottle is gone. Oh yeah. It's not even yeah. butter. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, Let's go, pal. you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this, man. Here we go. So you are, are in a fog. That's how we start this show. You've had, you've been concussed and I mean, Conrad in the episode, you're right. There's a lot to consider here. This is your livelihood. Yes. There, you know, you, you sign contracts and things like that. But I mean, at this point, you're trying to figure things out. You had just asked, Hey, can you flip the lights off in, in, back in the dressing room as you're untying your boots there? I think it was slick Johnson. Yeah him if he could turn the lights off because you were struggling but you're coming out of that but it seems like hey the next night here we go it's thunder you're going out there and you're gutting your way through a show with a concussion did you even realize at this point that's what it was that's what you had when you think that you know when this now it'll be 22 years ago i yeah. knew my bell was wrong and if you would have asked me yeah i probably got a concussion but just the fact that the the culture if you will was yeah go to the ring you're okay but man Brutal headache, uh, you know, road. I didn't drive. I rode in the passenger seat from, you know, Buffalo to, to Erie, uh, that night I can remember going back and just kind of getting as comfortable as I could in bed. You're not supposed to go right to sleep. Just all the stuff of, I did everything wrong in concussion (sighs) protocol, uh, in, in so many ways, but getting to the building and say, Hey, Look, and, and not, you know, I'm not pointing fingers because I'm the one I'm sure that said, okay, I've got thunder. As soon as thunder's on, I've got a few days off to get better. Oh, so this one important thunder uh, without me on it, man. But it's the mindset of show up, you're asked to work, go work and do what you got to do. To It's it just, it was, it's, it's 
it's insanity is what it is because little did I know how serious as I was, you know, that happened in 2000, Paul, I couldn't go. This is kind of the after effects. The first time I went deep sea fishing and didn't throw up was 15 years later, mm-hmm. 2015, 16. Yeah. So just the after effects that, that, uh, my bell was wrong and I'm not saying, but, but I, I just know that's the worst concussion I ever had by far. My bell was wrong. Uh, migraine. I didn't call it a migraine, just excruciating, uh, headaches for two or three days. Uh, when I got home and I don't know where you're going to dive in. Are we going to talk about that thunder or post thunder? Uh, we're going to talk about what happened after that. Yeah. That thunder, yeah. I, I'm jumping ahead, but, but, but I, but I want to talk to you a little bit since we're here about the concussion, because I'm sure it wasn't your first. It probably wasn't your last, but you have to be thrilled having been a wrestler and, you know, and still sometimes putting on the boots to this day, you have to be thrilled with even now doing a podcast, your sense of the ability, the recall that you have, having been (laughs) smacked around on your head and have as many concussions as you've probably had over the years. Cause there's guys that literally they, they need to read word for word, everything, you know, if they're going to have a conversation with something or things of that nature, but you Jeff have been blessed with the ability to have recall, tell stories, thankfully, uh, and haven't been further damaged as a result of, of the whole concussion deal. You know, me and Conrad have talked about this off and on since we launched, uh, my doctor, Dr. Tim Adair, he's an applied kinesiologist, uh, for those who don't know, take. His foundation is chiropractic care, but you amp that up way, way past uh, chiropractic care because he not only um, he works with the glands, he works with not only bones uh, alignment, but muscle alignment, um, nutrition. Um, and when I say nutrition, it's, it's, it's vitamins and supplements and everything that goes with it. But I, I have gone to him regularly and back in my active, um, this is if you want to, I'm lucky that I had this mindset, but cause I think it really, really has paid off incredible dividends. They're called well check visits. I didn't go to the chiropractor. Oh, because I'm feeling every time I came off the road, I had a standing an appointment that I would go to him. And so I think the, you know, the well check or the preventive care, preventive and, maintenance, preventive maintenance and, and, and him ingraining me, look, dude, you got to stretch. And I'm not just talking about, you know, of, you know, you got to do focused, concentrated stretching and this and that. And look, my neck would come in off. And a lot of times my worst enemy, uh, (laughs) was sleeping on airplanes because it would jack my neck up. And he's like, dude, get a freaking pillow. What is wrong with you? Because, you know, it would be the, the, you know, C2, C3, C4. But anyway, the preventive maintenance to me, uh, paid has paid enormous dividends, but, uh, yeah, this was a rough go this concussion because it, it rattled my brain. And Dr. Tim is the one, um, I went to him every day. He came to my house at night because, and I won't get into all of his, uh, some of my buddies call him the voodoo doctor, but, but he worked with me on, um, because I was so jammed up, uh, with, with it's like whiplash. And so when you have a bad case of whiplash and if you go back and watch the tape, when Snooka hit me, I was braced for it, but my head literally smacked the back of the mat so quick, but it was the, 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 the way I was trying to catch him and smacked on the deal. And 
is brutal. Uh, but I came out of it, Polly, and can still give you a bunch of crap. But go you ahead. can. You still are quick on the feet. <laughs> all this talk's making me want to sit here and crack my neck with all this talk. But you're right, man. Now that preventative maintenance goes a long way. So I'm glad, and I'm glad you're here. So let's talk about this thunder. It's you and Kevin Nash, your buddy. You're teaming on. You're teaming up to take on Chris Benoit and Sid, and you get the win with the stroke on Benoit. But after, well. I think we'll let the observer describe what happens here. Here, oh boy, here we go. Here folks. we go. Wind it up. The final scene saw Hart, who by this point was actually being cheered, coming out with a pipe while covered in makeup to make it appear he'd been beaten up on. It was the same makeup that they used for Arn Anderson, totally exposing that angle. Hart challenged all the NWO guys to come out. Nash and Jarrett came out with bats. Throughout the show, Orndorff and Zabisco had sympathy for Hart, and Funk didn't care. Before this segment, Steiner had already been laid out by the outlaws. Then it got really silly. Hart was in a standoff with Nash and Jarrett forever because Funk and Anderson arrived so late. Apparently live, it was obvious that Hart and Nash were having a hard time not laughing because the timing was so screwed up. Funk came out with a flaming branding iron and Anderson with a bucket of water. What is happening? Anderson threw the bucket on Hart with the idea that the makeup would run. Well, the makeup didn't run, but the announcers had to sell that it did. So the idea was Funk and Anderson were so smart, they knew it was a swerve, but they still got beat up anyway. Orndorff, Zabisco, Benoit, and Vicious all came. So it was basically three NWO guys against six baby faces. It seemed like Nash all by himself had laid out 10 guys, but I guess it wasn't quite that bad. But all the faces ended up being laid out, and Nash got Funk's braining iron and burned his face. My goodness, Jeff, what's going on here? My world listeners, if you followed that, congrats, because <laughs> I was there and tried to, to really follow it. But look, whether D Meltzer actually watch this or not, or someone who worked for him watching it, recorded it. When you watch this at home, it's, it's almost like in your quasi smart to the business or kind of, you know, can guess, okay, this is what was supposed to went down. Didn't go down. Wait, were, were, were they laughing? Who, who, who was chuckling up in the ring and were that supposed to be all that kind of stuff. But after I got done rereading this, maybe I, <laughs> did reread this two or three times to try to follow, but no, Paul, the, the, here I'm, I'm, I'm joking to, to get to a point. This is a real microcosm of yeah. lots of moving parts, but no walkthrough. And I don't say rehearsal, but it, it's just as a director in the truck, as talent in the ring. And as what is that? 12 guys at ringside. Yeah, at least. It's, yeah, yeah. Ten yeah. guys at ringside. The director doesn't know who to shoot. It, but it, with no organization, I'm just saying it was a hot mess, as the it kids was. say. Yeah. No organization. It's impossible to take the right camera shot. It's impossible to tell the story. And I'm not saying that creative was good. That's not a defense on creative. It was a mess with everyone involved, including the fans. They knew it was a mess. <laughs> Hey, at least when Bischoff was there, he could easily say, you know, a booking committee, but you would think if there was a committee at this time, someone might've raised their hand and be like, Hey, this is, we, what are, we are off the rails here, you know, but it, that wasn't the setup back then, I guess at this point. Oh boy. Well, listen, Hey, did you go to geico.com yet? 
It's reported that on Friday, you call WCW and say you have a concussion and your best of three matches with Benoit will not be able to take place, Jeff. Who do you call at WCW? Do you remember? And did you inform Russo at this point? Paul, did you just do a Geico ad? Buddy, I got to do eight more of those throughout this. And it's all. It's great. It's great. You caught me off guard. I did. Um, Who did I call? Yeah. When you you found out, hey, listen, I got this concussion. Someone internally i i don't know um but medical i don't remember how, what i'm saying is i don't remember specifically having the conversation you had a concussion so of course you don't remember i, I, just, I don't remember <laughs> having that conversation with vince but uh, terry taylor or or someone that i'm like hey man this has gotten a yeah. lot worse because it did i think my adrenaline and i wasn't near as stiff like even at Erie, I do recall that I wasn't, I mean, I went out, I, I moved, I could, I could move pretty good. Maybe the adrenaline was flying. It was only 24 hours later, but by the time I got to Nashville, like day two, day three, day four, it was absolutely brutal. And the pay-per-view was right then, but no, I, I just remember saying, Hey guys, it, as much as I'd like to go, it ain't happening. So when you go to Nashville, that's when you said, I need to see a doctor. Something's up with me. I knew when I left eerie that night that I wasn't look, we all deal with bumps and bruises and hangups and a, maybe, Hey man, my neck's a little stiff. Paul, I knew I was all over the place. I'm yeah. like, when I land, I went and saw my doctor and he said, buddy, you've got a real bad concussion. It's yeah. time to call WCW. He did all the tests and he yeah. knew them and, and, um, he had experienced a bad concussion. He'd gotten actually mugged. Uh, yeah. In, 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 um, graduate school. Okay. Uh, he got mugged in Atlanta and, and, uh, roughed up pretty good. Uh, so he had experienced my symptoms, some of my symptoms that, Hey man, your, your, your brain scrambled here. You're all right, but you don't have the ability. And, and I'm like, what? And he goes, okay, let me get, put it to you this way. Your brain sits inside your skull and you've got, let's call it a one to 10, uh, on a scale. You've got fluid around your, your brain that can basically that's the shock absorber. Well, now you've hit your brain and you've got swelling on the brain and you don't have, you know, a, a, you don't have a 10, you don't have a nine, you don't have a, you know, so he said, you're probably down around, you know, two, maybe one. And that's when they have to start like, Hey, you got to release pressure. You, you, you know, he said, you, 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 you are completely locked up. My you goodness, know, I, I could not have light on. I had to have like a, a bandana over my eyes. I couldn't really move my neck. It just progressively got work and stiff. And what do they call their neck flexors? But there's also uh right there to your lower right here at your collarbone, those muscles, Paul, that were yeah. uh, anyway, if you, those were to touch them, I felt like they were a hot poker. They were so inflamed and so tight. So it was a mess, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. But I remember by Friday, cause I'd been worked on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. And I still knew that there's no way I'm working. So that's what I made the call or, or that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's defense. I think it's somebody internally and they're like, all right, can you come anyway? <sighs> wow. So was the process though, back then, Hey, I'm recovering, recovering, but I still am going to have to pass some tests before I can be cleared to wrestle again. You know, now they have all the pr- protocol. Yeah, but not WCW tests. I was going by my doctor. Okay. Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Well, here we go. More from The Observer. The most tumultuous four-day period in the recent history of WCW started with WCW getting the word that an injury would cause champion and main eventer Bret Hart 
to miss the sold-out pay-per-view. As dominoes started falling one by one, it ended with a new booker. The crowning of a new champion who asked to be released from his contract anyway and his vacating the title voluntarily some 18 hours later and possibly with several wrestlers leaving the company. The decision was made to strip Hart of the title and crown a new champion on pay-per-view. Vince Russo's idea was to do a battle royal or Royal Rumble on the show and end with a surprise champion, Tank Abbott. There was a lot of internal unhappiness with Russo's booking and television for many weeks, but the belief was still there that he had given uh, been given six months to prove whether his ideas would play even, though many in upper management were of the opinion his concept of wrestling was not working and wouldn't work, and his quick blow-offs of angles on television was doing pay-per-view and house shows no favors. There were also the complaints that the people featured the most on television during the TV shows whether they be wrestlers or non-wrestlers, were not people who were going on the road, which was killing the house show business in competition with WWF. And that makes a lot of sense. It sends every able-bodied wrestler on the road, and for that matter, even ECW, which features on its house shows virtually all the same people that they try to push on TV. While the idea of making Abbott champion was not the reason for the demotion, it was symptomatic of destroying the foundation of the product and titles and Russo's changing concept of what pro wrestling is, a concept not favored by those in management who wanted the soap operas in addition to good wrestling matches and felt that was also based on the reaction, what the fans wanted since management had gotten little positive fan reaction on positive numbers feedback to the product in recent weeks. Second guessing of the decision by Bush to hire him had gone back many weeks and not all due to what most wrestlers in the company felt for weeks was Kevin Sullivan, trying to get the booking position by constantly pointing out why things weren't working, which in fact, for the most part, they weren't. Bush's ideas were to continue employing Russo in a booking committee that would put more focus on the wrestling product, but where his Russo ideas could be funneled by those with more background in wrestling, similar to how Vince McMahon edited Russo's ideas in WWF. The Abbott decision, as well as the decision to make Oklahoma, who was co-writer Ed Ferrara, the cruiserweight champion, which ended up still happening on the pay-per-view, but was dropped two days later, and not change the tag team titles from Flair and Crowbar, uh, basically rendering all of those belts meaningless, led to a showdown internally on Friday with Russo being removed from his final decision-making position. Russo, who had 21 months left on a two-year incentive-based contract, was invited to stay with the company as part of booking committee, which would have included... Kevin Sullivan, J.J. Dillon, and Terry Taylor. Bob Mould, who had just quit the company a few weeks earlier because of the frustration due to Russo and having philosophical differences of what pro wrestling was and his ideas generally not being used, was also brought back. Kevin Nash, who Bush described as his best friend among the wrestlers, was also given increased power of as a liaison of sorts between the wrestlers and management, a decision that was not popular, among what appears to be the majority of the wrestlers, although the heat on Nash was almost non-existent compared to that with Sullivan, even though the company's track record with uh, when Sullivan had power was far better when uh, that when than when Nash had power. So much here. Russo had not, as of the weekend, declined the offer, but comments he'd made to many during this period led them to believe he was leaning towards leaving the company. However, both Ferrara and Bill Banks, who Russo brought with him from the WWF, to help write and put together the TV shows, agreed to stay with the company with uh, diminished powers as television writers. 
Ferrara still thought Russo would stay as a member of the committee, but not if Sullivan was on the committee. Banks asked to be reassigned from writing television to working on the magazine and internet site, but was talked into staying as a television writer. Jeff, did you have any idea all this was going on at the time? That was a boatload. We could have broke that down paragraph by paragraph. What a disaster. Mm -hmm. What a complete cluster. And, And Dave reported in there, but when you really take a step back, and and think Bill Bush came from the finance world. You know, he he wasn't a marketing guy. Um, you know, he he was put in charge because of finance, his background. And he hires Vince Russo at the advice of, uh, I, I'd say probably JJ Dillon, a Terry Taylor, uh, maybe some talent. I, I don't know exactly the the advisory, but anyway. And now we're less than four months in, and we're going to can a guy. And I'm not saying what Vince did was all right, but it, 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 again, it goes back to just what a complete mess cluster, a cluster that a subsidiary of time Warner, a major, major media company that was, you know, I, I don't, I know there, the numbers bounce around, but you know, grossing over a hundred million a year, um, in, in 99, uh, you know, 98, certainly highly profitable 99, the salaries got up there, but it just, the, the quickly death spiral, the company got in and now all of a sudden we're going to replace a guy, but okay, we're going to replace him. Okay. If that's the t- t- strip him of power of folks that they had already tried before, not saying right or wrong, but Hey, here's the solution. Let's go back to that. Was it working or was it working? But Bill Bush has been put in charge to say, well, they, they told me Russo would work. That ain't worked out. Now it looks like it, that's a mess. So, okay. So now they're going to tell me, let's go to Kevin uh, Sullivan. Well, I don't know. Yeah. There's some good and bad out of Kevin. Okay. Let's go to Nash. Well, yeah, he's, he's kind of my best friend right now, but he's a talent, but I'm hearing bad things. So again, you go back to the culture. You can't hang it on Russo. You can't hang it on Bill Bush. You can't hang it on any of them. It goes right to the, the, the heart of the matter is the corporate culture and the way it was run. It was a recipe for disaster. Eric had the best shot and succeeded. Yeah. When at the end of the day, the buck stopped with him. And you could just feel too, as I, I was reading through that, just you could the backstage politics going oh on here. God. When you hear Kevin Sullivan's going and you know running running his mouth, and, and Kevin Sullivan's a great guy or whatever, but running his mouth about everything Russo's doing wrong to the leadership as it's happening, right? So you can just imagine this is just a political, vitriol, ugly situation the entire time it's unfolding. But also, it's like uh, when you're, uh, you know, you, you, you watch any movie. It's it's uh, you know a power play. It, well, the opposing attorney is say leading the witness you can yeah. imagine uh how kevin sullivan was asked questions hey kevin do you agree or do you disagree with fill in the blank bill bush is sitting there knowing i want to hear a different answer from kevin sullivan because if he agrees with russo well then kevin may be thrown out with the baby water it, it's it's a mess it, it, it is a cultural disaster. And <laughs> we've talked about it on this pod, 83 weeks, grilling JR. I'm sure all yeah. of us have talked about it in different shapes, forms, and fashions. In the, the day, I always take it back to the culture was a disaster. 
All right, so we're, we'll play a little armchair quarterback here, Jeff. Okay, pal, let's do it. You got some TNA uh, experience under your belt, global. I mean, you've done a lot now. You, you got your position that you do now, management experience, however many years in the business. Just a just an amazing track record. We all know that. If you're Bill Bush now in that role, seeing the ratings, seeing what's going on, and you're presented all this and listening to all this, what decisions looking back now, would you think, Hey, wh- what do I need to do to fix, to fix some of this? Or what would you, what would you do in that situation? You think realizing you're trailing the WWE and the ratings, you have all this talent on the roster, all the facts, because I can second guess Bill Bush over and over and over, but understanding that entertainment is art. It, it really is a, a, a creative process. It's super subjective um, that you kind of have to look at, all right, can you, and that's why it's a niche business. Like what worked in 96, 97, 98 that Bull Bush could say, this is the single reason why this took off. Well, Hogan switched heel. Wait, is that the only reason? No, we we put Nitro on there. So that you got to give Nitro credit because there's the format. And then Hogan switching heel. But wait a minute. Had Hall and Nash not been there, two guys red hot off of WWF TV. And so they formed that, then WO. Well, wait a minute. We kind of got lucky and Lex's contract expired. And you got Lex here. And then we've been trying with this little Sting character that's been kind of a mainstay and now we're going to make him a tweener and this and that. Okay. So what was the success of 96, 97, 98? Bill Bush didn't, there's no way we can't answer that. Nobody can answer that. So now fast forward to 99, 2000. Okay. we got to write this ship. Let's hire Russo in. I know one thing that I don't think is the accurate thing to do is three months in you, 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 you say, go work with guys that you replaced. What? Yeah, I mean, th- th- I I would not have done that. I would have said, Russo, come in my office. Here's a budget. Here's the numbers. Here, what whatever it is, but w- we need to surround you with some folks because there there's not a balance here. I, Russo, where's your balance? I'm I'm seeing Judy Bagwell or whatever. You know, I'm, right? I, yeah, the crazy I, stuff. I this uh, not much of a balance. Let, let let's figure out how to balance things. As opposed to let's bring him in, let's fire him. No, you got to go work on a team that th- that you actually replace them. Oh wait, uh, and, okay. So the guys that are on your roster, they don't really have to show up. What? Yeah. I mean, it's it was. I mean, that's why you know Vince was an unwinnable position. Bill Banks was. I mean, yeah, Bill Banks, damn sure he he ran for the hills and rightly so. Hey, take me out of creative. I go to. I, I want to go work on the magazine. He's trying to. That's job security. He's he he wanted to keep his job. Sure. They made him stay on the writing team. So very very difficult to answer, Paul. In in that, what is the magic bullet? I, I think for our uh, armchair quarterback's sake. If Bill Bush would have just kind of pumped the brakes and he's a finance guy, so you can kind of put some mechanism in, uh, but, but you, you're going to have that talent issue that that talent didn't have to show up and Hulk had creative control. So no matter what, whatever Hulk, uh, Vince wrote, Hulk didn't have to go along with it. And I'm not pointing fingers at Hulk again. I'm going back. The culture sucked. Yeah. 
I think you nailed it when you just said we have to evaluate the culture. You said guys not showing up. What's the deal there? Uh, Vince, you have to obviously have talents and skills. Let's have you thrive in a role that will maximize those talent and skills. Maybe that, maybe it's not, you know, booking wrestling matches. Okay. But we can still have you come up with storylines or skits or segments or whatever that get us to those payoff matches. And do we need a wrestling committee? And Hey, what are, you know, there's just, you're right. You have that organizational philosophy that just wasn't there because they aren't used to running a wrestling business. Yeah. And, and, the subjective part of this industry, you can take all the graphs and charts and everything that goes with it. Now you have even a boatload more of metrics with social media. At the end of the day, you kind of got to have in your gut, this will work. And don't ask me why I think it's going to work because I can give you 10 factors. And this time next year, I'll have the same 10 factors and I'll go in a different direction. It's kind of a, a promoter's gut. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of My World is brought to you by CarShield, who makes it easy and affordable to protect my car from expensive repairs, and that's just for starters. CarShield is the number one auto protection company in the U.S. and offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month. The plans cover more parts than ever before. Whether your car has 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles, let me tell you how simple it is to get your car fixed. When you need a repair, you choose the mechanic and CarShield's administrators handle the rest. That's it. You don't have to deal with the paperwork or headaches you're taken care of. So same goes if your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road. Plans through CarShield also include the coast-to-coast roadside assistance. CarShield administrators are there for you with rental car options and trip reimbursement at no extra cost to you. Get coverage today and you'll lock in the price now and it will never go up. That means as long as you own your car, no matter how old it is, you're protected from the rising cost of parts and repairs for your vehicle. CarShield helps protect my wallet from expensive car repairs, and they'll do the same for you. Go to carshield.com slash myworld to start your plan and lock in your pricing forever. That's carshield.com slash myworld. A deductible may apply. So as we wrap this up here, Jeff, do you think Vince Russo got a fair shake? No. I mean, the the short answer is is no. Um, So, yeah, I mean, look, we could belabor this point forever, but when you say, did he have a fair shake? You almost have to say, well, from who? I can't really say that you can't point it on Brad Siegel, on Bill Bush, on anybody there. Again, God, this sounds so... Simple, maybe it doesn't sound simple, but the, the culture was was destined to fail. Uh, and you look um, at just look at the WWE. It it, it, yeah. it is you know it, it is run by a wrestling promoter. And look at the black ink versus red ink, especially over the lifetime. And I'm going back to pre going public. It's fascinating. There's, it's just unbelievably uber successful through all the iterations. I mean, you just think of since we're all came on the air and, and I don't want to get too sitcom, but you know, friends and big bang theory, but you know, it shows that have had yeah. multiple runs of 18, 20 episode seasons 
Rawls done 52 weeks a year since 92. Unbelievable. 30 years. And I'm just saying it's history. That's television history, but it's the cornerstone, you know, uh, of so many things, but it, it is, it is the engagement. So, um, back to your question, pal. No, he didn't get a fair shake. Uh, but man, it has created a boatload of content, uh, for Mr. Russo, it's your Mr. Eyes. Conrad Thompson, and a whole lot of others. It's of your debate. There's been books been written. There's been discussion after discussion. Uh, there has been talent argument. There's been executives argument. There's been production folks argument. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a ongoing topic of discussion and, you know, um, I did a little tee off last week for the Megasode episode on TNA and, you know, somebody, and we talked about, you know, impacts been around TNA has been around 20 years. The life of WCW closed in 2001. It, it opened, it, you know, I know it, it evolved from the, you know, the, the Crockett group, but when you kind of look at 90 through it's an 11 year company, but it's the golden age of cable television is I believe why are we still talking about it in, in so many ways, that golden age of cable television, because it was so red hot for a time and then it imploded. Let's, uh, I want to find out from you what you can share that no one of these other podcasts can share and content creators. And that's when did you hear from Vince Russo about, about all this? We know that you've had a good relationship through the years when all this came down. Do you remember the first time you had a conversation with Vince and what that was like when all this decision was made, all these decisions was made about him and his future when he was out the yeah. first go around. That's right. So this is obviously during the concussion concussion time. days and, uh, we haven't quite got into it. Uh, I don't want to do, jump too far ahead, but look, I was obviously brain scattered. I was worried about getting to the show. Uh, I, you know, can you come to Cincinnati? Um, but I had heard from talent. I, I knew I'm going to let Vince call me uh, type deal that, that there's no need to really get into it because I didn't know what to believe. I did not think they would remove him from power in three months. I, d I, I do remember that as much as my concussion kind of took me out to lunch there. I, I thought there's no way. Well, sure enough, they did. And when I talked to him, like, what is the situation? Vince was trying to be upbeat about it, bro. Hey, those, w w you know, we got to work through it. It's frustrating. He wasn't happy. Nobody was happy, but I'll, I'll let you get into it. Little did people know what an upheaval from talent that was going to go down on top of all the injuries. Sure. It was such, it is like, it's like, it, it, this is all nonfiction, but it's almost like a, 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 a sci-fi thriller in the world of wrestling. You would never believe the dominoes that would take place during this time frame. Brett Goldberg, my concussion. And, and then here we go. We're going to get into, yep. um, I'll let you, yeah, I won't we're coming here. Yeah. It's coming. Get, it's coming. Here we go. Happened. It sold out. It starts to break down. So let's get to sold out, which by the way, I guess break down, Paul, it's, it's, well, it's an 18 wheeler and nine <laughs> of the wheels are already off. That's right. That's right. The avalanche has started. So listen, are do you, I would imagine you're not even traveling to sold out at this point, oh, right? I, I, I went to, yes. Okay. They had me, they had me come think about that <laughs> on. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes. Think about that. Wow. Yep. <clears throat> Not using a lot of common sense there. So let's get into sold out. It ends with Chris Benoit making Sid 
tap out with Arn Anderson as referee, but Sid's foot's under the rope to become the new WCW champion. Psst, hey, go to Geico.com. Pass it on. And the next night at Nitro, the shit hits the fan again. Here we go from the observer. What management hadn't counted on was not only that Russo was far more popular than Sullivan, but that Sullivan had made so many strong enemies with the feeling being he was directly responsible for several of the wrestlers being stuck in the middle of the card and uh, generally older wrestlers keeping their top spots. Sullivan can be blamed for that when it happened on his watch, but that situation continued with every booker the company has had in recent years. Russo was generally liked by the wrestlers personally, although the general feeling was his work up to that point was a big disappointment an opinion that also changed in some circles for the better when faced with the idea of Sullivan being in power. There was a general feeling that management had promised him six months, but pulled the plug after three, which Jeff, you and I just talked about, which wasn't fair to him as a person having just moved his entire family to Atlanta. So that's kind of rude. At the same time, his idea to put the titles on Tank Abbott, who doesn't have the ring experience to do more than about a two-minute match and hasn't developed into a strong pro wrestling interview, nor was he over yet with the fans, although one-punch knockout gimmick probably would have gotten him over shortly. You have Oklahoma, who was a joke, and then you got the tag total mess involving Flair. That was a disaster that had started. In addition, Russo was viewed as being inflexible when it came to ideas. In some cases, when being inflexible didn't did nobody any good, such as not agreeing to do a dark match main event after TV tapings, when Nitro went to two hours and putting baby faces over at the end of the show, because WWF always puts the baby faces over at the end of the house show, even if it means adding a post-show angle at TV tapings, thanks Dave, to send the fans home happy instead of unhappy, as they have been usually leaving WCW tapings for various reasons, thus hurting return business in those markets. It's a good point. Few, even his supporters among the wrestlers, agreed with his basic concept of wrestling. This is all about Russo. In particular, while TV numbers realistically had stayed about even since he arrived, a brief small increase followed by a recent small decrease, and the product on TV was on occasions good in recent weeks and overall better than during the previous Nash regime, which dug the company into this hole. The Starcade pay-per-view number coming in at about a point three was nothing short of disastrous for a show. He had 10 weeks of TV to push and was the company's traditional biggest event of the year built around the company's biggest star, Bill Goldberg, chasing the title. The poor buy rate was largely due to an almost non-existent job of hyping the main event. Many of the house show figures were becoming embarrassing. Russo had been very unlucky booking with so many injuries to constantly work around. And that's that's a good point, in particular Goldberg's injury. But the company itself needed to recognize that many of the injuries were avoidable. The Goldberg and Jeff Jarrett ones standing out. Yeah, thanks for hurting our buddy Jeff. Because the wrestlers never should have been put in these positions that led to these injuries, right? I mean, hello. It wound up with Benoit, Saturn, Malenko, Shane Douglas, Eddie Guerrero, Conan, and Billy Kidman going to Bush as a group asking for their releases or for Sullivan to be taken off the booking committee. Conan said he was also speaking for Juventud Guerrero and Rey Mysterio Jr., both of whom weren't at the pay-per-view due to not being booked on the car due to injuries. Holy shit, Jeff. You're literally <laughs> watching this company fall apart. Do you agree that you and Goldberg should have never been put in those positions with what Meltzer's take on that? You can't predict. Uh, 
look, I should have took care of myself and told Snooka, hey, I love you, brother, but you're not coming off the top on me. But okay, hey, nostalgia's sake, I can handle it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm invincible. That was an idiotic. And then Bill, you know, he punched the glass. Uh, yeah, he decided to do that on his own accord, right? Yeah, and, and so that, but still, and I get kind of the whole frustration. And it, look, the organizational skills from a point of creative talent and production, nobody was in sync. It was very siloed. It, it wasn't, it just wasn't there. Uh, again, at the very tip top of one organization, uh, uh, organization is demanded in the other one. There were, there wasn't even a guy at the top. There was a guy at the top of production, a guy at the top of creative and a guy at the top of talent. There were three different talking heads. The business just doesn't work that way. But man, as you were reading that, can you imagine Bill Bush going, okay, I brought this guy in and I'm going to remove him. And I did remove him, but I've kind of talked him into staying on board. But okay, so now he stayed on board, but I've got this one list of millionaire talent that don't really show up and want to work. And now this crop of young guys, Duds. Eddie, Dean, all, all this. Now they want to leave. Oh my God. And my Hispanic star, Ray Mysterio and my Hispanic legend, Conan, they're out too. I mean, really think about what a freaking mess that it was. And on top of all this, Chris Benoit kid from Canada. This is, you know, I'll talk at, this is the Chris I knew worked his but off Japan just came up to the ranks and for his first time, he's going to be the world champion, the big gold. And what does he say? Nope. I'm out. It. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe it? I mean, really put, when you put things all into context about what a <sighs> damn mess talent relations, all, nightmare. Oh, it's, it's worse than that. It's creative nightmare talent relations. I mean, yeah. They talk about the build at Starcade, and that sucked. And 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 Vince coming on board again. But I'm going to go back to I, I picked bits and pieces out of what you were saying there from a numbers guy who Bill Bush was, and this is where he just didn't have the experience of the skill set. If he would have taken a couple of steps back and gone to anybody that was in his inner circle, JJ Dillon, Kevin Sullivan, his finance guys, his legal team, guys, we brought Russo in. Are we any worse off? Really? Now we've got some emotion here. We, we got some hurt feelings, but from a rating standpoint and what we are as a television company that hopefully we make some money off pay-per-views, uh, but we're a TV, you know, first company and our ratings are not any worse off. Now are they any better, uh, maybe, maybe not, but there's certainly, so what have we really lost? other than a bunch of emotion and tornado. And I'm talking about from a completely analytical point of view that Bill Bank, Bill Bush probably should have viewed, but he didn't. He went, oh my God, the sky's falling. Let's, 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 let's out with Russo. Okay, out with Russo. Wait, seven talent are leaving too? Oh, oh, no, okay. We didn't really mean that. What? Oh, no, we're going to give them their release. Think about how that my God. fundamentally changed the trajectory of seven guys careers, Jeff, whether 
the move to, to, to take Russo out at this point, but bringing Sullivan in to me, it seems like in reading this and realizing what happened at the ripple effect of putting Sullivan back in that position, that to me sounds like the nail in the coffin of WCW. As we look back, when you talk about Guerrero and Saturn and Chris Benoit and all of them and leaving and what that ripple effect meant and what it meant for WWF to acquire those stars at the time, what it meant for WCW to lose that talent pool at the time. That that's this is a huge, huge deal in the in the timeline of WCW and its demise. In 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 context, the names that you just listed, none of them had been in the main event. None of them. Great talent. So in context, Bush is going, okay, I bought, I'm losing some of a lot of my young guys. He didn't have any, like I'm defending him. He didn't yeah. really have any context. No foresight. Him. No, no. Like these are some really, but you know, I, I do remember this podcast, it, you know, is a little bit of my, my, my recollection. Paul, do you know what I was thinking when, and I'm talking about not immediately, but a couple of days is, or weeks went on and I'm going, wow, I'm going to have even more opportunity because those are the guys I love working with Eddie and Dean and, and, and that crew, you know, Chris had already gone, Jericho had already gone. So Dean and Eddie and Chris and, and Ray and, and those guys, I love working with them. And I'm like, damn, they're gone. But I'm like, okay, that's going to give me more opportunity because I'm on the, you know, I'm in their age group as opposed to the generation up, you know, Hall Nash and, and, you know, the guys that are eight, 10 years older than me. So, um, but no, there's no way to predict the, the, the ramifications, you know, you were talking about the final nail again, I'm going to go back to until it was over. Nobody could have predicted that because the ratings were still one, two, and three were good enough. TNT. Oh, not good enough. They were still one, two or three, maybe four or five on TNT or TBS. You don't really just can a show. Overnight. Yeah. Do you retool it? slash expenses look at every corporate story in, in, in america that survive what do they do cut out middle management immediately i mean you start you know then you you know okay we're on the road with nitro go to a studio setting and you those two things alone cut out a lot of heads down in atlanta rationally uh, i mean uh, radically cut back production costs and then, of course, the talent. I mean, you could have got that company running lean and mean in a pretty quick time and kept those good ratings. But obviously, Kellner chose not to, which is another podcast, which is in a whole other story. And that is a podcast that I'd love to get people on a uh, witness stand. There's more to that story. So that's yeah. a whole other deal. But, and, uh, and, you know, when I make the comment good enough, it's just hard because as a wrestling fan, they had set the bar so high back in that original NWO run, those 83 weeks, if you will. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and this just felt different. It felt like a different era of WCW and some people, as you said, ratings were still high, but people had started to turn off, uh, and transition over to WWE exclusively WWF at the time. So listen, let me spell it out for you. That's G E I C O.com. That's Geico.com. 
Meltzer also had this to say, and it includes your name, Mr. Jarrett. While not going in as part of this group because they didn't ask to be released, individually, Jeff Jarrett and Scott Steiner also went to Bush. Not so much to protest of Sullivan, but to express their feelings that Russo hadn't been given a fair shake. So Jeff, talk to us. What do you remember of this conversation? Did it ever happen? Do you remember that? I remember me and Scotty, because we would ride together, and and that it would be, Scott, what do you think? And and uh, Scotty would say, Jeff, what do you think? And we we sort of have a game of cat and mouse. Well, what do you think? But, you know, but... And, and I just, I can remember riding going, Scotty, here's the deal. What's really changing. We're still going to show up and do TVs and they're going to still want ratings. Is there a magic bullet that Kevin Sullivan has? No. Is there a magic bullet that Vince Russo has? No. But I said, what's kind of irrational is Vince has only been here a couple of months. Look, and I'm not sure I believe, I'd love to ask, I wonder if Russo's ever followed up and said that really was his plan to make Tank the champion. Uh, Tank was a gimmick. He he he, he kind of got that water cooler talk like, what the hell is going on? But to make him champion, I'm not so sure Russo was headed down that path. Maybe he was. Uh, but but um, there were others that came to me and said, hey, wh- what are your thoughts on all this? I, I know you've worked with Vince in the past, but... There were some things that went down, and I said, "Hey, man, you you don't have to cachet your comments to me. What 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 do, what do you let, let's what do you want to know from me? Well, what what do you think?" And I'm like, "Hey, do we really think he's been here long enough? Like, what what are the magic bullets that you guys are looking for? Uh, at the end of the day, we and I look. I, this is the conversation I had with Bill. Bill, somehow, some way." Uh, if we don't all get rowing in the same direction, it doesn't matter who's right in the show. It doesn't matter who's on the show. Uh, guys up north are kicking our ass, and they will continue to do that unless we get all at least close to the same page, maybe at least the same chapter. Bill, there's guys in here that are not even on the same book. And there, there were. There were other folks that were – it was all over the place and bill knew it too uh, to, to let to let you know bill absolutely yeah how can you not well yeah. listen talking about all over the place there's a little rumor and innuendo as our buddy connie says uh that obviously the radicals they walk out of wcw we're still on the nitro after sold out but that chris benoit threw the wcw world heavyweight title in the trash can and the whole day obviously was reported as chaos do you remember seeing this jeff how insane was this day and he threw it in the trash can. Yeah, threw the WCW heavyweight title in the trash can. That's the that's the rumor and innuendo. Just like a, a Medusa. Yeah, but like backstage, body. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't recall that. I know that that day of things going down, that caught me off guard that things bubbled up that quick, that there was, we want out if Sullivan's back. We want out. I thought that was a really strong statement by that group. Uh, what I didn't know is, okay, do they have like a, a guaranteed job up north? Uh, Vince, you know, didn't push smaller guys. I say, you know, that size guy. At the time, know. yeah. Yeah, he just didn't. So where are they jumping? 
Um, why are they really doing this? Does it really warrant, um, you know, keep your money coming in all those kind of questions. It was, uh, such a surreal time. I mean, it, it's just bizarre to hear all this in a podcast format, but sure. we have the ability to go from month to month to month when you're living it, you go, okay, whew, we got through December, the crazy parts behind us up oh, January, seven guys walking out. Okay. Man, December, January were crazy. And you know, the last 18 months were crazy. Uh, wait till February. Oh, it's going to get more crazy. Uh, March. Yeah. Company sold. What? <laughs> crazy. I mean, that is now that is crazy. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, you know, so it's the Meltzer says chaos, crazy day, all this. And you've been th through a lot, obviously, and you're wrestling in the wrestling business, but do you remember details or just any highlights or anything from that crazy day? Is this one of the crazier days in wrestling that you can remember or as as you said it's just kind of a blur because there were a lot of crazy moments back then the the fact that gosh it's it's hard to even kind of do a jumping off point but you know we'll, we'll call it the millionaires club and 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 all that vibe and and all the guys that had the million dollar contracts and now there was, pardon the pun, but a radical shift. We're going to go with Benoit as champion. Big change. That's big huge. deal. And now all of a sudden, the last person on earth that you think didn't want to go forward with that was Chris. It, 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 it was, that was, a, I mean, that was a real crazy set of circumstances that nobody saw coming. Nobody. That's a strong it, statement, it was, too. Oh, yeah. oh, it's huge. And, and even, you know. Vince or Ed Farrar or Bill Banks or anybody that, you know, kind of felt like, okay, we're on the outs. Uh, Sullivan's going to come in. He's going to put the title on Benoit. Okay. They're going to, nobody could have foreseen. Okay. And remember Kato Conan was the pipeline to bring in the luchadors. I mean, it was a big, big, big deal. Those seven or eight guys that were saying, nope, we're not going for it. It was a surprise all the way around the even crazier part, Jeff, there's still a show to be had that night, which would be nitro. And speaking of crazy, don't let the hair down there get out of hand. You can support my world right now by cleaning up your nastiness with manscaped. They are the best in men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels, baby manscapes manscapes performance package. The ultimate men's hygiene bundle join over 4 million men worldwide who trust manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. That's 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code my world at manscape.com and if my math is correct that's about eight million balls the performance package 4.0 has arrived and oh man it's a game changer inside this package you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer you get their weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer come on guys you know you got a little hair in the old ears and in the nostrils as well as that crop preserver ball deodorant 
Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. And it's safe in the shower. Yeah, it's waterproof gimmick. You can go right in the shower and take care of all that goodness. You don't have to worry about nicks. Man, nobody wants a nick in the nutsack, let me tell you. And it reduces the risk of ingrown hairs. It reduces any of those grooming accidents. So take extra special care of your slap nuts and get 20% off and free shipping with the code MYWORLD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code MYWORLD. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Right, Jeff? Polly B, what a match made in heaven. Manscaped and slap nuts, right? <laughs> That's what I think too, man. <laughs> Got to take care of those slap nuts. <laughs> oh, the best. What an ad read, my man. Manscaped. <laughs> I, I can give a testimonial, but I won't. Uh, just it's a hell of a product, my friend. Hell of a product. <laughs> hell of a product. And you heard it here from us here first. That's- now choke on that slap nut. No. There you go. Manscaped.com. Easy for me to say. Slash my world. So, Jeff, you're handed the U.S. title back because, well, what else is there to do, right, with all the shifting and responsibility? So you become the U.S. champion again at this time. Think about what you just said. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, that's how I'm trying to think. How, how did, what was that? The end ring. It was, oh, okay, Paul, it, 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 it doesn't matter because it was so damn confusing. It was. This, this whole thing was a shit storm and they basically handed you the belt and here we go. Jeff Jarrett's our man again. We guess he's clear from concussion. Jeff, this is the belt. Does it look like the U S belt? We don't know. We hope you're cleared. Carry on, friend. <laughs> carry on. Cause the episode gets crazier. Uh, by the way, how would you love a chance to save money on insurance? Of course you would. After all, who doesn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all things in your life, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, or if you're a guy like Jeff Jarrett, all the above. Even with homeowners, condo, or renter's coverage, you could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use Geico mobile app available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and choosing to switch to Geico becomes an easy choice switch today and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts it's easy simply go to geico.com be like conrad thompson get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save at geico.com so jeff here we go since benoit left he's stripped of the wcw title kevin nash would announce on thunder that because he's the commissioner and everything that Sid would have to defeat you to get another shot at Kevin Nash for the title. But if Sid can't beat you, Nash wins the title via forfeit. So here we go. What are the main differences of Russo and Sullivan leading this show? What what are your thoughts on that? So give me that again. I want to make sure Yeah. again. So if Sid beats me, he gets to face Kevin. Sid would have to defeat you to get another shot at Kevin for the title. But if Sid can't beat you, Nash just, he wins the title automatically via forfeit. Because he's in charge and he's making the announcements. No, but storyline wise, is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's the commissioner and that's just the decision that Kevin made. He's the acting commissioner. Okay. Yeah. I know it's even hard to keep up with this, isn't it? It, well, it is. Yeah. Look, we're 22 years removed, but still. 
even reading it through and, and having the luxury. It doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it doesn't. That that's, that's a tough one. So, okay. And how did, look, you don't know the answer to that. Hell, I don't either. How, how did Benoit and Sid actually get in the title match to begin with? They, they, it was just, again, more booking. Uh, this is it's just how it was booked from the get-go as far as, uh, you know, with sold out and putting the car together. And I think things were just being thrown, thrown together last minute, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, you think so? All right, let's roll. So, listen. The question was. Russo, what are the main differences of Russo and Sullivan leading this, uh, leading this show? Kevin's a booker. Russo's a writer. And everything that goes with that. You know, R- Russo literally thought more about I don't want to say the what what the promos would be, but much more storyline as opposed to how are we going to pay this off? A booker thinks, how am I going to make money ultimately off two guys facing each other in the ring? That that's kind of the payoff of, of a booker. Uh the television writer likes, you know, whether it's episodically from week to week or segment to segment in a television show. Uh, but you know, Russo's upbringing and, and thought process was, uh, script writing and Kevin was brought up in the industry of booking. And that when I when you say booking, it's, it's, uh, what's the best matchup, not quality of in-ring work. How can I make the most money off the matchup? Yeah. Well, listen, so this is thunders over the week wraps up. What a crazy week that it was. Are you in contact at all with Russo when all this shit is finally done with Benoit and the change and all of that, where you guys can kind of just have a conversation about what is all happening right now. Look, I don't want to say it happened this immediate following week, but kind of during this up and down time, I was always of the mindset and shared it with Vince and shared it with Steiner or shared it. Probably most anybody is, Hey man, you stick around long enough. Things are going to change. Look at how quick stuff has changed. I, I, I could not believe. So October of 99, I'm backing up a little bit. How much change from October of 99 when I went back to WCW and, and just in the first three twelve. Uh, three, four, five, six, 12 week run that had changed. And then you, you go through the year 2000 and, and from, oh my gosh, the slap nuts and world titles and then the NWO and, and all just it, it, something new happened about every four to six weeks from the time I went back, it, it was very unrest again, hindsight's 2020. But things evolved and changed so quickly. No wonder, in a lot of ways, that they just said, All right, we're out. This ain't working. You know, it sucks too, Jeff, because, you know, as I was pulling up the event, sold out 2000, January two, of, of 2000, there were still 14,132 people at that event. So it's not like tickets in, weren't being sold. January of 2000, right? Yeah. In Cincinnati, yeah, 14,132 people still paying hard-earned money to come Think out and see that. WCW. Think about that. Revenue. Yes. So, hey, I got to ask, too. Let's talk about the other guys that did walk out. Did you have any contact with them, Benoit and that crew? I don't after they left? Me, like, completely off guard, but no, I didn't. And they were gone. I wow. didn't. I said, there, there's no way they're going to let them out. You know, 
the contractually, it's kind of a mass exodus when you have that nucleus of, 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 of younger talent, not young talent, but of younger than the established stars. I never saw that going down. I never saw them getting their release. None of that. When you know that Benoit, Malenko, Guerrero, Sinon are all leaving WCW, talk to us about how big a hit this is to WCW. It, I mean, morale-wise, talent-wise, all that. Well, there was never a, like a mourning period, like, oh, my gosh, because um, they wanted to go. They People understood, okay, they didn't want to hang around for Sullivan. Uh, it was ready for them to move on. They felt they would better their career. We all respected them to the point that you go, Hey, if that's what they think's best for their career, head off. And whether it was Japan, they were headed or WWE at the time or whatever it may be hats off to them, roll on, go, go do your thing. Um, but there was, okay. I'm, I'm missing the biggest part of this. Oh, I bet there was a hundred talent under contract. It's not like we were short on talent as far as bodies. It's like, okay, now we're down to 90. (laughs) And as you said, last in the, in the part one, you had the guys from the power plant talent had guys. I mean, so, you know, you, you talked about Mike Sanders and, and some of the other guys that were still around that still trying to figure out a Jindrak and O'Hare and all those guys that you're still trying to figure out how to weave in, uh, in, into this, into the business. So it wasn't like you were suffering from lack of, uh, of talent. And, and as you also mentioned earlier on the show here too, you're also looking at it as like, Hey, this could be more opportunity for guys like me now. Right? Yes, for sure. Yes. Guys that can work with the, uh, veterans on the roster. I knew because Chris could do it. Eddie could do it. Dean certainly could do it. Um, you know, Ray had classic matches against a Kevin Nash, you know, David and Goliath story. So, I mean, that core that left Billy Kidman, you know, just the core that left could all work with the veteran talent. And overnight you had seven guys that were off the roster that had a lot of TV time, a whole lot of TV time. You own your own home, go to Geico.com. Do you rent your own home? Go to Geico.com. Do you have a car? Go to Geico.com. Do you want to save some money? Go to Geico.com. Did you know that including me, more than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness? Unfortunately for me, it's too late. But if you want to look like Jeff, now is the time to do something about it. There are only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss, and Keeps offers both. Keeps offers a simple, affordable, and stress-free way to keep your hair. You may say, how, Paul? Well, they have convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home. Talk about convenience. Plus, they offer 24-7 care and support. They have a network of medical advisors, prescribers, and care specialists to support you in making your hair goals a reality. So don't be a slap nut. There are low-cost treatments starting at just $10 a month, and Keeps offers generic versions of the two FDA-approved medications to prevent hair loss. Treatment plans are affordable, typically half the cost of pharmacy prices, and they have everything that your hair needs delivered straight to your door with discreet packaging and proven results. Remember, prevention is the key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so you need to act fast and be patient. 
It's going to happen. When it comes to your hair, save more and spend less. And if you're ready to take action and prevent your hair loss, go to Keeps. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Jarrett, J-A-R-R-E-T-T, to receive your first month or treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Jarrett to get your first month free. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash J-A-R-R-E-T-T. Jeff, by the way, we touched on this earlier. At this point, you were still unable to be cleared from your concussion. So, uh, yeah, this was a doozy, man. Your, your, your hand, I mean, it was bad. Worst of my career by far. The worst injury of my career by far. Um, you know, the low back was super painful. This got to a point that I don't want to say the headaches were not painful, but they were a little bit manageable. The light sensitivity was brutal. But just not being able to kind of have my wits about me uh, is brutal. It's no good. They ended up having you run interference uh, during one of the matches, but you were unable to wrestle. But still, looking back 22 years later, I think it's still pretty dangerous that they had you involved in anything at this point with a concussion, right? The, the Not just the mindset, the protocol that the industry had. Hey, Jeff, do you feel okay? Yeah, okay, he's clear. Well, we're clearing for putting the decision in the talent's hands, so to speak, or at least having him have a major say in it. Those days are long gone Uh, and not just in wrestling, you know, across the board that the athlete doesn't have the vote. Jeff, I'm going to talk about a momentous occasion, one that I'm sure is just branded in your memory banks. At Nitro, January 31st, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. That's right, the great state of Pennsylvania. You induct the Harris brothers into the NWO now that Kevin Nash is hurt. Be honest, this 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 whole NWO thing was doomed from the start, wasn't it? I, when I, I told you, a cavalcade <laughs> of the one disaster after another. So they were creative control, right? Yes. And that was the induction, which Pat and Gerald, I think were their names. Oh, we didn't go down that road. Did we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we just <laughs> come on. Just think about that. It's just nonsense. Yeah. Total nonsense. It, it's as if, you know, the tongue in cheek, you know, funny's not money that all. I mean, yeah, it just why? You know, uh, and Rod and Dodd, six, seven twins can move and can get really physical. Um, I hate to say good heels, but they just have an aggressive appearance and can move and kick ass. Yeah. Just position them the right way. Yeah. But you're going to call them Pat and Gerald, which were two comedy characters on the other show. That's right. Just so stupid. (laughs) Do you think the NWO in your mind could have been saved through creative changes or was it just done once these, the larger stars like Hart and others oh, just started getting the, injured? The, the monetization of it in this era could have been done much better. And I say that, yes, there was a lot of things like if you ever think of the NWO in a comedy fashion, no, that, you, yeah. that you, you, okay. So now you're going to put Pat and Jerry in there, but call them creative control. They, they, that doesn't resonate at all. And, you know, the original group of Hall and Nash and Brett, you know, all, all that. And then Steiner was added. I mean, it had a, a, a kind of sensibility to it, but the injuries and then 
you know, you, we, we chuckled about the, the Arn and Terry Funk creative at the top of the show and top of the episode and how bad that came off. Uh, so the effort on all by everyone's part could have been much better. The seriousness, the tone could have, could have been different and, and much better. I mean, to this day, like 2022, I'm talking about Paul, the NWO is a, an incredible moneymaker. L- look at the merchandise That's it's right. still out there. Uh, I mean, us at, uh, at lucky, lucky horseshoes, we have our, uh, which is obviously a complete knockoff. It's kind of how things are monetized in some shape, form or fashion, uh, these days it's our knockoff. It's, it's not the NWO. It's the SWO, the shoe world order, but that's obviously from the NWO and it's red hot. It NWO crossed over into pop culture and still exists to this day. This iteration was snake bit, but the creative started bad and got worse. You're absolutely right, Jeff. You look no further than wweshop.com and you'll see those shirts still sell like hotcakes, man. Yep. Brand. Time to tell you about another brand that is amazing, and that's Rectech. It's an amazing company that offers wood pellet grills fueled by all-natural hardwood pellets along with other outdoor lifestyle products such as coolers, apparel, grill accessories, and much, much more. With grills ranging from $399 to $3,000, Rectech has grills for every lifestyle and every budget with a key focus on flavor, convenience, and versatility. Their factory direct pricing eliminates the middleman and all grills ship free. Plus, all Rectech pellet grills are made with high-quality stainless steel and are built to last a lifetime. Rectech's flagship model, the RT700, comes with a 40-pound pellet hopper, 702 square inches of cooking space, the PID Wi-Fi controller, and a six-year bumper-to-bumper warranty. You can bake, smoke, sear, grill, and even dehydrate on the grill, all with the push of a button. And that's why those in the know choose Rectech, just like Jeff Jarrett. Right, Jeff? Those in the know, and I am raising my hand over here, Rectech. You know, July 3rd was a big day around the Jarrett household because we had, uh, my dad was over, old Jerry Jarrett. He was over. Uh, No, we had family over, Karen's family over, Kids over, friends over, had a big fireworks show here, but uh, I broke the old rec tech in and I not only grilled steaks, grilled chicken and grilled fish. Wow. Yes. Being able to grill fish and keep it moist and done the right way, buddy, grand slam all the way around. I got big kudos all the way around from all three uh, dishes, um, tell me what cod and salmon, grilled Ooh. chicken, uh, did some fillets. I did Killing one ribeye. Yeah. Hey, I'm rec tech is the real deal. And here's the game winner, kind of the game changer. My world listeners out there and most of them are male, but if we have some females listening, shout out to you too, but the ability to walk out on your deck or wherever you have your grill, push a button, set the temperature, walk away. Go back inside, continue getting everything. When it's time to grill, walk outside, put it on there. You know what temperature your grill's at. You don't have to have a little timer, but you can have a little timer in your head if you want. It's got the probes that you can stick in the meat so you can know, you know, there's some finicky eaters around my house. Oh, you going to cook the chicken long enough? Yeah, you can cook it too long and it tastes like a yeah. rawhide bone. Anyway, 
Rectech, Paul, I'm just telling you, man, this is no ad. You're making my mouth water. It is the real deal. Delicious. Steaks were delicious. Chickens were delicious. Fish was delicious. And the ease to clean it, the ease to start it, it's a... I won't name the other products that I have used in my lifetime because that would be confusing here, but I am a big time outside grill man and, and, uh, rec tech. They stepped up yesterday. And when we get done today on July 4th, I'm going to step right out there and it's going to be another round of grilling for old double J. The King of the mountain is going to be grilling. Wow. One of these days, maybe I'll get Jeff Jarrett to grill for me, but Hey, listen, get your rec tech and that's where it's at, man. Get those steaks, fish, chicken, and do it. Jeff Jarrett style on that rec tech. You don't need gas. You don't need messy charcoal. And my goodness, you don't need to be overhyped by that brand name grill aside. Join an elite wood pellet grilling family by focusing on flavor, convenience, and versatility. Rec tech is the new standard in grilling. Visit rectech.com. That's rectech, R E C T E Q, and use the code Jarrett. And you know how to spell that. That's J A double R E double T. E double T, baby. And you get 5% off site wide. That's 5% off their top notch wood pellet grills, one of a kind rectech ice coolers, chef tested rubs and sauces, accessories, merchandise, everything, 5% off. That's rectech.com and use the code Jarrett, J-A-R-R-E-T-T. All right, my man, you're in the ring for Nitro and Tulsa when Scotty Steiner starts going off on Ric Flair and it's all unscripted. What the hell is running through your mind when all this goes down? Just kind of shaking my head going, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you were a good host, you would have this audio cue. Ah, oh, man, they didn't give me the clip where I, I would. I know they didn't give us the clip, but folks, uh, on social, Marcus, uh, shout out, pal. You need to kind of tee this up, if you yes. will, or maybe get the censored version. But anyway, <laughs> I, 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 Paul, dumbfounded, maybe, or like he he he's really going off here. What the hell is Scotty doing? Does he not think there's going to be consequences from that? And then I thought to myself, well, maybe there's not going to be. This place is a, this place is a shit show. It's a view. It's a <laughs> it's a zoo anyway. So yeah, that's right. Here, here goes Scotty. I mean, let he, it rip. He went off. So you said earlier, you guys were driving around. Were you driving partners around this time too? Uh, yes. Yes. So Scotty, it comes back to the car and the rental car. Do you two talk about what the hell just happened? Well, Scotty had a little run in with Rick. I don't know if it was this day or, but it was right in this era that there was big time friction between those two, uh, that go way back. Um, but, but this particular night that he, he went nuts you know, it's one of those things like, what the hell am I going to follow this up for? I mean, like, what, Hey, Scotty, good interview, pal. That was really compelling. Like knowing it wasn't approved a part of anything. Um, he just, you know, those, those, those Monday night nitro in rings from time to time were so out there, but again, people had the sense that ain't scripted. And I'm not talking about just this interview. I'm talking about a lot of others and they were right. This is kind of off the cuff kind of stuff. I mean, you go back and watch, I mean, you name it, Hogan, Savage, Hall, Nash, Sting, Lex, 
kind of when that run of 83 weeks and stuff like that, sure. They had bullet points, but there was some, there was so much emotion in what those guys said. So a part of their magic, part of their success, uh, this maybe not part of the success, part of the, the train wreck, but it was some real raw emotion coming out of the, the coming out of the big, bad duty daddy. And the fact that we're still talking about it 22 years later and asking them to post it on social tells you all you need to know, <laughs> you know, it, it might not be the best headline, but it's a headline baby. And sometimes that's all you need. By the way, did you forget yet? Come on. It's Geico.com. Well, listen, let's talk about another Scott. Scott Hall returns from injury and is kind of a member of the NWO, but kind of isn't. And you hit him with a guitar to make sure you're getting a shot at Sid for the WC title at Super Brawl. Jeff, how do you make sense of all this going on when you're told what the creative is going to be? Well, are you talking about the guitar shot on Hall? Is this yes. he didn't want to turn around? Yes, I exactly. Think to kind of sneak attack him. I yep. think this is a guitar shot. And, and he's just like, hit me. I mean... <sighs> The ebb and flow of Scott, again, he, he, a, a unique in-ring storyteller. And, you know, Scott took all of his experiences, whether it was with Kurt Henning or, or Shawn Michaels or way back to his AWA days, or, you know, you, you, however it may be, Scott had a way of, of storytelling that at times, not all the time, but at times was a little bit off the beaten path, a little bit different perspective, but Scott made it work and, and kind of had those flashes of brilliance from time to time where you go, well, I didn't think that guitar shot was going to work. Cause he stood there right there and took it, but it's like, he challenged me. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. And, and, and I did it. So I hope this is the guitar shot we're talking about, but, um, yeah, Scott had come back from his leave of absence and we were headed to San Francisco for super brawl again, another monthly disaster and it just feels like the nwa needs to be put out of its misery at this point I oh mean, no we're 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 it, it, again we went from bad to worse to worse to uh even much worser worse. <laughs> yeah much worse uh and from much worse to the most worst <laughs> <God>. <laughs> what was the moment that you knew hey this shit's over this it's uh, the stable's dead let's give up we need to give oh, up the nwa thing that was or i mean that was that was, early. I mean, I was even earlier than this. Yeah. 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 I mean, because the injuries and, and it just, but uh, you can't, okay. Let me go back in time. I probably wouldn't have like hung it a hundred percent on NWO because nothing was working. No, nobody was rowing in the same direction at all. goes back to the bill Bush conversation, bill, we better start rowing in the same direction. All of us it's we're, we're, we're not getting anything done here. Well, Jeff, listen, there's a shot of, of creative that's about to hit right in the arm for the NWO. I think this is where they thought it was all going to turn around. You ready? Here we go. Mark Johnson referee joins the NWO as the heel referee. So, you know, I mean, they were trying everything here and they thought, listen, if nothing else is working, we'll have Mark Johnson be the new heel referee as part of the NWO stable. I mean, you can't make this shit up, bro, bro. Oh, bro. Oh, yes, you can, bro. <laughs> no, oh, Slick Johnson. Um, Slick Willie. But, I mean, the story behind the story of how he was called to TV because he was buddies in the gym. I told, I think. Yeah, you, I've heard that you talked this before. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I mean, he, he's, he's a buddy of Lex and Sting and Steiner and Mark Bagwell, and they're all going to, to, to the main event gym. And, hey, we need somebody to referee. Mark. Johnson slick got on nitro 
never refereed a day in his match. Or, or, and he was Scott Steiner's personal referee. What am I supposed to do? Just run around crazy, blowing the whistle at all times. Mark Johnson raised his hand. I can do that. Now, here we are, fast forward later, and he's being put in a Mark could referee. Yeah. He knew what he's doing, and he called on quick and, and figured it out and is a really good referee. But being inducted into NWO 2000, post uh, uh, Ron and Don Harris, Pat Gerald, I mean, think about, again, this 18-wheeler, now we're up to about 15 wheels off. I mean, just one thing after another, after another, it wasn't good for anybody. Oh, Hey, real quick. I want to remind everybody and listen up wrestling fans. It's time to win with Zen. Get to wrestlingprizes.com right now to register for your chance to win one of four once in a lifetime digital Q and a sessions with wrestling legends like the nature boy himself, Rick flair, Eric Bischoff, the WWE hall of famer, maybe the voice of wrestling, Jim Ross, or what about the hardcore legend, Mick Foley winners will also get an autographed replica title belt and a prize pack from Zen. That's America's number one nicotine pouch register once per day. Now through July 15th at wrestlingprizes.com. Here's a disclaimer for you. There's no purchase necessary to enter or win. It's open to us residents, 21 and over void. where prohibited for official rules. Visit wrestlingprizes.com. warning. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Well, Jeff, you become commissioner kind of, uh, I really don't know what's going on here, but, uh, Medusa demands that you make a woman's division and you're going to put Oklahoma in charge of it. I mean, this is great. Was this a rub on your issues with Jr. at the time? Uh, a rim on, on, on all that? I don't think so. Um, I mean, who knows? That's a Russo question. You know, when you think about it, hell, I didn't really, I didn't think about it coming from that point of view, but maybe, maybe Russo and Ferrar thought, yeah, let Jeff be the, let Je- yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Shit. Paul had a concussion. Yeah, you don't even remember this. <laughs> well, here, it's about to get messy again. All right, here we go. We're going to give you some more Observer content, try to see if we can uh, take out some of that, remove the cobwebs for you. Scott Hall is having issues when it comes to his sobriety, and this is what Meltzer had to say. Hall, who, despite his track record, was being pushed for the main event on the February 20th pay-per-view show as a three-way title match with Sid and Double J, Jeff Jarrett, appeared while getting on the plane to Germany that he hadn't slept in days. He had reportedly told other wrestlers the same story. He got sick on the first plane going over and was in no condition to perform the first night of the tour. Still, he did wrestle, and as punishment on February 11th in Hamburg, was asked to put over David Finley, which he did. As he went to the airport to fly home with the rest of the crew, his condition had worsened to the point that authorities wouldn't allow him back on the plane. Terry Taylor, who apparently had trouble with him all weekend, tried to intervene, but with no success in getting the authorities just to allow him on the plane to fly to New York for Nitro. Because of his condition, he missed the Nitro show at the Nassau Coliseum, where he was supposed to be in a major angle to set up the three-way, which led to the booking of a Jarrett versus Vicious singles match on the show for the U.S. title and Jeff Jarrett winning. Hall did get back into the U.S. in time for the Thunder tapings the next night in Philadelphia. There are varying stories over exactly what happened due to these incidents taking place just as this issue was going to press. What is confirmed is that in front of the crowd, the show was held up for more than 30 minutes 
while they attempted to do the scripted Hall promo, which was supposed to end with Hall breaking a guitar over Jarrett's head. Hall apparently said something that he might break the guitar over Taylor's head and was taken seriously enough that he was pulled from the angle. Eventually, Bill Bush made the call that there weren't, weren't going to allow Hall to, do, uh, Hall to do the promo due to his condition. He left the building with Evan Courageous, and there were rumors going around that this would be the final straw. Terry Taylor instead took a guitar, guitar shot from Jeff Jarrett. Hall's future in the company was unclear, but he was out that night telling people that he hadn't showed up late and felt he had an ironclad contract, but that he might be sat down again. Jeff, we talked about Scott, you and Connor, I did a few months ago after his passing, but obviously the demons here in 2000, uh, were back. Do you remember any of this going down with Germany coming back and this whole angle here? I remember the Germany situation. I remember all of this and the unfortunate, what I know now versus what I knew then about the disease of addiction is it's not even the same stratosphere. I didn't even really know what alcoholism or addiction was and how it's a disease that controls the part of your brain where you make decisions. I, I just cached it as man, Scott really tied one on man. Scott really tied one on. Uh, oh, wow. He hadn't been to bed. He tied on and uh, this is the same bender that he, you know, it's the same. he's running hard. He's running hard. I didn't have the context. I didn't have the set point to really understand. Scott can't quit on his own. He's not going to quit on his own. And now all of a sudden we're taking him and you know, the situation in Germany, how ugly that could have been, um, because it's uh, American airline, they would not let him on the plight, the flight. Understandably so, but the, the, the fact that he, he wasn't arrested or taken to jail and not that he was unruly or anything, but you know, public drunkenness or whatever it may be, but just the, the fact that, okay, he's not in a good way at all. Um, like it's, it's a really bad situation. He was in a bad situation going over there. It was a really run of, 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 of the disease of addiction rearing its ugly head. And look, society in general, let alone, uh, this industry and, and other industries are so much more educated on sobriety and the disease of addiction, all this, but in this time, okay, going to Germany, things we're not going well over there. They weren't going well at all. It, it is because over there, you know, it, not, not that it's a rationalization, but you know, it's bus show, bus show, bus show, throw hotels in there in between, you know, you didn't have to drive foods were at every stop, all this. So it was just one continuous cycle for Scott and then get, get him home and, uh, or get him back in the States and to, 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 you know, he goes from a bad situation. And now all of a sudden you're going to amp it up. You're performing, you're coming to a nitro in long Island. That was a really bad situation. So then all of a sudden we, you know, okay. He's not sent home after that. We're going to the next town. Paul, it's just incredible. And in, 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 in a real positive way, I'll say, look how great the industry's changed today. It, it, it is amazing how things are dealt with differently. But back in those days, it was, hey, things didn't work out on Nitro. Let's give it a shot tomorrow on Thunder. What? I mean, that, that's, that, that is, 
that makes it again, I had no concept, no idea about the disease of addiction. So back then it was commonplace. Hey man, he wasn't in shape for nitro, but he'll be in shape for thunder. That's in, that's just as insane thinking as Scott was going on with his insanity thinking. It's it's doubly insane. You know, I was thinking as you were talking, as much fun as we've had today, kind of picking and talking about the goofiness and the craziness of this time period of wrestling. Think about several of the things that the wrestling business has owned, identified, learned from just from this time, whether it's concussion related issues, yep. Yep. addiction and alcohol abuse and now is in a much better place because of learning from, from some of this stuff, man. It's, it's, it's a game changer. Uh, you know, the wellness policy that, that, and again, we're talking WCW, but as we know is acquired, but you know, the wellness policy put in place and how it's handled and how it's administered. And, 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 and again, the locker room has changed. The culture has changed. Society's changed. The, The world is much more transparent, but you know, back in these days, Unless you read a Meltzer or, or, or a newsletter, you had no idea that Scott Hall was That's on a true. five, five, six, seven day bender. You, you just didn't. Nowadays, the minute it starts, it's on social. So you know, there's 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 a lot of good in social media out there. A lot of accountability. I was going to say accountability and transparency, but but uh, super unfortunate mm. that you know. <clears throat> the ugly face of, 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 of that disease was so obvious yet untreated. Well said, well, listen, I want to share right now, something that is going to help all of you with your health. As we talk about health here a little bit on this episode, we're talking about from a nutritional perspective and that's with athletic greens. I literally use this product every day since I've been introduced to it. And I started taking AG one because I needed more energy. I was tired of taking pills and vitamins and just one scoop gives you 75 high quality vitamins and minerals. I'm talking about improving your gut health, sleeping better, improving your focus, What's not to like? It's a slam dunk. You get better sleep quality and recovery, and it costs less than $3 a day. It's completely worth the investment in you. And it's received 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash my world. Again, that's athleticgreens, all one word, dot com forward slash my world to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So as we transition out of that, Jeff, as we got a little deep there with, uh, what was going on for real? I am. Yeah, I am too. It's, uh, uh, I had the conversation, uh, a little testimony. I had the conversation, uh, two or three days ago, uh, around the house. And, uh, my daughter was like, dad, your energy stopped. And I, look, I'm not going to contribute at all to AG, but I, I do take it every day. And if you just do a little bit of research on not just athletic greens, but what our diet consists of pretty much, uh, in, in, in America, the, the lack 
of, we'll call it the, the greens and AG greens puts it in the scoop. It's, it's a winner. Yeah. So go ahead. It is. It's a winner. It ups your energy for sure. Home run for sure. No doubt about it. So listen, we'll uh, transition kind of into the, what we were talking about there with Scott Hall and what was going on there. And we're going to talk about nitro because you end up in the main event above Hulk Hogan and you're taking on Ric Flair. Uh, I'm sorry. In that matchup, you had Hogan taking on Flair, but you're going to defeat Sid to retain the U.S. title with a guitar shot. Imagine that. As you said on the last episode, guitar shots were flying everywhere, just not once a week, two and three times a week. But but listen, buddy, that one ends up giving him a concussion. Sid got a concussion from the guitar shot. Did you know right away? I mean, did you know soon after that he had developed a concussion? Was the guitar just not gimmicked right? Did Sid, was it something the way he took it? I mean, I'm sure, was that the first guy that got a concussion from one of your guitar shots? Paul. Let me think how to kind of navigate through this. I'd like to see a little videotape of this concussion shot. Okay. Um, because not long after the guitar shots were starting to be handed out multiple times, um, WCW transitioned into a LA based produced Hollywood guitar, if you will, in that I got pretty good bat speed, but it's still, it's not Oak. It's not Hickory. I I'm just kind of throwing a flag. Ah. Oh. <laughs> I see what you're doing here. Okay. Um, <laughs> if he got a concussion from this guitar shot, he may have been put on a deathbed if he ever took a chair shot from Terry Funk. I'll just say that. So he may have been had a little porcelain forehead. Is that what you're saying here? I, I, I'm just saying that <laughs> I don't believe a guitar <laughs> shot would give him a concussion. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Loud and clear. Now everybody go Marcus, back and let's rewatch find, that. Marcus, can you find Nitro. Please, Marcus, social media. Can we find that SIG guitar shot? Oh man. Let's do a Twitter poll. <laughs> Did this call SIG? <laughs> yes. Concussion. What do you think? Paul? I think this should be a bonus show. Me and you watch the match together and then we can do some fun something fun with it. I don't know. We'll see. Let I I like the Twitter poll idea though. That's oh, fun. Yeah. Get some interaction on it. Look, which hurt more the Beetlejuice guitar shot or the Sid vicious guitar shot. I like I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to stand up right now. The Beetle shoot Beetlejuice guitar shot. I put everything I had into that. I wanted to just annihilate. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you just want to destroy that guy. Sid, on the other hand. Oh Lord. Go ahead. <sighs> yeah. Hey, did you go to Geico yet? Get a quick quote and see how much you can save for free. At Geico.com. Geico.com. There you go. Listen, at Super Brawl, I know, one of one of your other favorite events. It's the Cow Palace, Jeff. Scott does make the show, and the three-way main event is Scott versus Sid versus you for the WCW title. The show opens with you beating up Kevin Nash, even though he wasn't there, and you're the commissioner again. Is this too much of Jeff Jarrett on TV, or can we never get enough of Jeff Jarrett on our television sets? I don't think you never get enough, but no, come on. <laughs> yes, it's too much. How can a working champion also be commissioner? The, it yes. Just, it's, 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 it's not only just overkill, it's storyline massive confusion. Now, that's just me, but no, it's an authority figure as a champion 
it it it's 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 it just again we're 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 industry about stories and you gotta connect emotionally so do you want the fan base to connect as an authority figure or to connect as a antagonist or protagonist difficult very difficult jeff we have the uh the recap of course we do from the observer on this main event match Sid Vicious retains the WCW title in a three-way over Scott Hall and Jeff Jarrett in seven minutes and 40 seconds. I'm not making that up. Hall decided to prove something and was good in the ring, as was Jarrett. The problem was there was little to the match besides beating up referees and no time to do it. Billy Silverman took one of the all-time worst ref bumps ever to go out first. Vicious chokeslammed both guys at the same time, but there was no ref. So then here comes good old Nick Patrick. He comes in for a series of near falls after the first ref bump atrocity. At least Jarrett used his stroke on Nick Patrick. So you give him the old stroke to Nick Patrick. They had a good near fall where one of the Harris twins accidentally hit Jarrett with a chair and Hall went to pit him with Charles Robinson making his way down as referee. Jarrett then used the stroke on Robinson. I mean, what's happening? Then here comes Mickey J until then Mark Johnson runs in. Hall used the edge on Jarrett and Johnson counted the two and then sold a shoulder injury. The crowd was totally dead by this point because the ref bumps went past the point of redundancy. Finally, good old Roddy Piper with one arm due to his torn bicep of several months back comes back. Piper decks referee uh, Johnson. Jarrett hits Hall with a guitar shot and Vicious then chokeslammed both Jarrett and Hall and powerbombed Hall for the pin. On TV, they never acknowledged Hall being injured before they went off the air. One star and three quarters for this match. Jeff, do you remember how bad Scott's injury from the guitar shot and power bomb was? It, Scott was not injured from the neither. <laughs> <laughs> he just wasn't injured at all. What I mean, let, let's let's back up a little bit. But no, there was the heat was on, and um. It just, Scott knew from the Germany incident and yeah. uh, you know, look, it was, it went from bad to worse, but okay. Survival. I got to p- protect my deal. Um, he got hurt. Uh, and look, I'm not saying the power bomb, the guitar shot didn't hurt Scott. Come on. It, it, it hurt it like it didn't hurt Sid. If it did, I want to see him back in slow motion. And I want you to tell me maybe another Twitter poll, but with that being said, um, think about sitting down and going, we're going to bump how many refs? <laughs> it was like four or five refs, man. Think about that. Yeah. I do remember Charles. Charles takes a hell of a stroke. Charles is an underrated bump taker. Uh, he's really good. Uh, but so Nick Patrick, Mickey J slick. It started with, uh, Charles, Billy Silverman and Billy Silverman took the worst. I'm up to five. Yeah. And Piper came out. What a shit show. Come on. I can't think of anything else to explain it. The air in the arena is gone once they see the third ref. And we're going to double down and go four and five. Listen, Derek Sabato, I have his notes in front of me and his question right now. Is this some of the worst creative you've been a part of in professional wrestling? Yes. (laughs) When I hear that match back, five refs, under any circumstance, if you're going to do that, you better put the baby face over. Mm. Well, we did, and it still didn't work. <laughs> when you think about it, I mean, it it just is is such overkill. Oh boy! From creative to catastrophe, I'm there telling you. There you go. 
The title. Whether you own or rent, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Go to geico.com today. So listen, Jeff, you wrestle Vampiro for what feels like weeks straight on Thunder and Nitro. And then there's a European tour where you missed the opening night because you couldn't find your passport. <laughs> Let's tell the truth. Did you did you just really not want to go on this tour or did you or you really couldn't find your passport? Tell us the truth. It's my world. This is your show. Does it really say I couldn't find my passport? It's, it literally says you couldn't find your passport. Is that from? This is from the observer, the dirt sheets. Can you quote this? Cause I want him because he's such, you know, always hundred percent accurate. Can you quote, do you have a little snippet of the observer? It, it, this is just, it's literally just says here, you wrestle Vampiro for what feels like straight. So this is kind of done in your voice, but it says you missed the opening night because Jeff Jarrett couldn't find his passport. And what date is this? This is after super brawl. So it's probably towards the end of February. 2000 doesn't have a specific date tied to it. So Germany. Yeah. European tour. It ain't cause I didn't miss my passport. I missed a WCW tour in November of 2000. It says that you only missed the opening night. So I guess you've made it over there, but yeah, I didn't. It wasn't cause of lack of passport. Oh, that's a nonsense. Well, that's what, that's what this is why I'm asking you. You know, you get to debunk all these rumor and innuendos. Probably knowing WCW, it was either an appearance because I did. They ran me ragged on appearances, which I signed up for. I'm not, but I was doing lots of appearances and on sales and crickets and sponsor meet and greets and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't, and again, remember my incentive contract. It's I, I wanted to go make the money. Understood. Interesting that Dave says I couldn't find my passport. That's such a light though. No. That's just like the biggest. Yeah, I get you. I hey, I, listen, that's why we're, that's why we do these shows with you guys and we bounce up your knowledge versus, you know, I hear you. The dirt. Sheet. I hear you falling. So listen, the NWO it's over. They dismantle Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff both returned to WCW. In April, right. That's right. And you were, were you excited to no longer finally be an NWO member, Jeff? We were doing the reset, but I look, even through the research, did we ever like put a fork in it? We're done. I don't believe we did. I don't it, think there was any green announcement. It just faded. It just, it just disappeared. Right. Yeah. yeah. We did the reset and, and in Denver, uh, that nitro, that'll be a fun episode when we did because the new blood and, and Eric and, and Russo coming together, I thought had a really, really cool dynamic in that there was some grit and, um, reality based, if you will. And you had all those millionaires club again, I'm, I'm jumping ahead to another episode, but putting a, a pin and putting up or pulling the plug, shall we say on NWO 2000, when you look at the iterations, Paul, what were the original four? me, all Nash Hatch, and hard. Yeah. You had champions, all champions. Okay. Scott Hall went down. Yeah. Bret Hart went down. You would Bret go down, down with a concussion. So three of the original four were out within weeks. Yeah. Not even months. Correct. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Or, Cause we talked in December, it started. And by January, all of you guys are three of the four. Yeah. Okay. Put Steiner in. I came back from concussion. Brett's out. Scott Hall's out. Yeah. And in the doghouse. So 
Yeah, yeah big, big time. So it's me and Steiner and Nash. Then they bring in the, you know, the referee and, and Slick Johnson. Yeah. And so NWO 2000 was from December till we'll call I it guess, March. Yeah. March, April timeframe. Four month run. Do you know when I do conventions, the different, you know, the, I, look, I sign different vendors will have, Hey, here's a bullet cup picture. Here's a four horseman picture. Here's an NWO 2000. Here's a slap nuts. Here's King of the mountain. Here's hall of fame. Here's a, a double J with roadie, all these different. There are folks that still will see seven or eight photos on the table and they'll go, I want the NWO one. And it really? always fast. Yes. It always fascinates me that like, it was such a short thing. The thing was snake bit. It was super confusing. Derek Sabato said it's some of the best creative I've ever been in. Marcus, it's no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll that'll see if he's really listening or not. If he's there is, uh, there are fans <laughs> that'll come up and say, "I want Jeff in the NWO shirt. I want Jeff in the NWO guitar. Wow. We had guitars with NWO on it." Yeah. There's one thing that no one can ever take away from you. There are people that are going to give you a hard time, Jeff, and say you were never a four horseman. But there's one thing they can never say that you weren't a part of, and that was the NWO. So at least you have that. Yeah, Paul, can they really say I was never a full horseman? Think about it. Now, now, straight up, Conrad is off on the beach or playing promoter somewhere or I guess tend to do his day job in the mortgage world or who knows what Connie's doing. <laughs> Who, Lily, who knows with that son of a gun? We're about ready to send out a, send out search and rescue for him. You know, listen, (laughs) you can't honestly say you're not joining in their silliness. Are you? Hey, listen, I think it's fun because listen, you're jumping around. Here we go. Listen, I will tell you this. To me, the four horsemen were dead. Once Arn and Tully weren't apart. When, when Arn Anderson was no longer part of the group as a, as a mainstay of the four horsemen, it just, it just. It just wasn't the four horsemen anymore. And they were just trying to bring guys. What about when Ole left? When Ole left, yeah. When Ole left, that was okay because I liked Wyndham and I didn't mind Luger. Wyndham was a great four horseman. But even after that, after that group had finally disappeared, when Arn and Tully went on to WWF in those days, when they came back and they tried to rebrand it in the 90s, it still wasn't good as good to me as it was in those Crockett days, man. That's when they were the most red hot with Jim Crockett promotions. So, okay, I'm going somewhere with Ole and Arn. Yep. And Tully and Rick. That's right. The original. The original, baby. And look, all kidding aside, everything after the original four with JJ as kind of that unique mouthpiece because all of them can talk. Yeah. Ole, shoot, Ole, Arn, Tully, Rick, none of them need a mouthpiece, not a one. And candidly at ringside, the tag and the two singles, they're just fine. That's right. With a, but kind of the magic of those five together, what was the, the, to me, everything was diminishing returns after that back to our NWO hall Nash and Hogan is the NWO. That's right. When you, you know, DBIC. X-Pac starts getting watered down. It, it really, once you, once you get outside the original five, that's right. I'm counting JJ and, and the original four. It, it just, that's why that bullet club situation was really an anomaly because they subtracted one added AJ 
couple of other members. It was a it was a unique set of time. Also, the Japan product really exploding, taking off here in the U.S. Anyway, we could talk factions, and I know Conrad's done multiple podcasts on all kinds of factions, different viewpoint. But this was a fun episode for me to dive into. I would have never dreamed when we launched this thing. Hey, you're going to end up doing not one. But two episodes insane. on NWO 2000, I would have, I would have said, you are, you are insane. You're crazy. I know. But breaking it down the way it happened and we got into it and the members and then the Brett, it's cool. Fascinating. The, the injuries, the members, uh, and so much that happened, personal issues with people. There was a yeah. lot to, a lot to dig into. What is, before I get into, uh, some of the questions, cause we've got a, quite a bit of questions from our audience. Uh, what's your favorite memory, Jeff, and least favorite memory of this run? Oh God. It, well, the, 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 the photo shoot we did in WO 2000, Kevin Nash is when he's on, and it's very often that's when he's, if he's in a bad mood, he didn't want to be funny, but when, when he's on and we got a little time, that photo shoot was a lot of fun. That, that, that was in, I saw, you know, obviously my inside baseball Monday, that was a fun least favorite, obviously the, uh, I would say the concussion, but that's yeah. the, fruit. the commissioner role as remember the NWO is anti-authority Hogan Hall and Nash is you can't, control me. I don't work for this company. I work for, you know, the basis, the NWO is anti-establishment, but you're going to make them an authority figure. It never jived to me. Hmm. If you didn't go to Geico yet, then you must not like to save money. I mean, come on last time. This is it. Go to Geico.com and be eternally grateful that you did. Jeff, let's do it. Let's get to the fan questions. We're going to start with Instagram, a wrestling historian. He says, fantasy booking, Mr. Jarrett. If the injuries hadn't occurred, how would have Jeff ended the NWO storyline? Well, trying to say, put something. So you're hypothetically uh, proposing that it would have been a successful run. And most people, it's very difficult to like turn the water off and say, hey, we got all the water we're getting out of this spigot. So Let's turn it off. But how would if basically uh, just, oh man, off the cup, little fantasy booking is have the, um, the NWO led by Hulk Hogan. He was still around Hogan. Come back maybe in a mouthpiece role and the original four take on flair and his choosing of a four horseman, Benoit, whatever it may be. And, um, whoever loses the eight man war game has to disband and, uh, there you go. and, and, and the horsemen go over, uh, somehow and the NWO disbanded. Cause then there would have been stakes and the four of us and the NWO could have moved on. That's right off the cuff. Next question, pal. All I right. Good answer. Polly B. I liked it. I like, so you were considering yourself a part of that four, four for the NWO or were you throwing yourself in the horseman group? Which one you asked me to get Jesus. <laughs> well, you figure you got Hogan Hall and that. How would I have ended the four horse? Yeah. No, the, the NWO. I mean, the NWO 2000. That's what yeah. I thought he was. Okay. Saying. All right. So you're part of the NWO group. Got it with Hogan. All right. Uh, Bracken says, after all these years, can we get Jeff to confirm that he's the one who truly killed the NWO? <laughs> no, we're going to go ahead and go out <laughs> on a limb. 
I think we should officially give that to Slick Johnson. Slick Johnson killed the NWO. The last member to be inducted. It sounds like it. It was. It was the last one that I have. I see here. That's right. And when they went to the WWE later, seven, eight years later, they, I don't think they added members. Yeah. Yeah. Slick, you killed NWO. The WCW Back. version of the NWO was Slick yep. Johnson. All right. Francis Reyes, what did you enjoy the most being in NWO 2000 or being in the horseman? And do you still have any NWO guitars from your time there? Yes. I have an NWO guitar. And what did I enjoy about horseman? What, wait, what was the question? It said, uh, did you enjoy most being in NWO 2000 or being in the horseman? Which one oh, did you I, enjoy most? Being the lead horseman was, uh, Right up my alley. Arn was on the shelf. Rick was on the, the shelf. Lead. He said the lead. What? You said the lead horseman, right? Is that what you said? It, wouldn't you call me that at the time? The lead yeah. horseman? Was Rick, was Rick an in-ring performer when I was the lead horseman? He was still, he was still, he was still getting it done here and there. Well, no, but he, I mean, he had the uh, vertigo. He had the inner ear issue. Listen, he, this man's about to jump in the ring now. So that's well, off to him. But back in these days, he was a little bit off and on the shelf. Okay. Arn was having his issues on and off the shelf. So you were the lead uh, dog. You were the lead yeah, horseman. Yeah. So I'd have to say, I enjoyed that the most. Okay. Jason Gunning, having <laughs> known Brett prior to his time in WCW, what was your sense of him behind the scenes? According to Eric's podcast, Brett was essentially checked out. Do you agree? I covered this a little bit on another pod in that Brett, because there's impossible to describe an organization run in such a corporate environment and in not even the defense of Brett, but Brett broke in for his father's promotion. And so the buck stop was Stu. No, if, ands or buts, that's the world he came from. He came to work for the WWF at the time. Vince did the hiring and did the firing. And so Brett going from answering to one individual and having a, a, you know, at the, you know, obviously Montreal had ended on a sour note at that time, but Brett always knew where he could go get an answer. Even if he didn't like it, he could get an answer. Now he, he, you know, jumped ship and went to WCW and he's dealing in a corporate environment. So I don't think Brett had checked out. I think Brett, I don't want to say shell shock, but was in a really unique environment for the first time in his career. And so it was not easy for him. And so he obviously saw really quick that this is a different organization. And if I'm not out for Brett, nobody's going to look out for Brett because at WWE, the promotion looks out for their top talent. It, you know, yes, you got a scratch and claw, but there is a pecking order. WCW, the corporate environment, it was, as we've described in detail on this episode, such a unique, unproductive culture. It was a mess. And uh, Conrad does a nice job. I think he kind of talked about Brett in part one of this and the battle he was on in, in his own mind as far as proving that he could do it on his own in WCW versus just not enjoying the whole soap opera side of what wrestling had become. And he just wanted to work and things of that nature. So, uh, thank you for the question. Eddie Mack is up next. And he says, I mean, I can tell the tone of this podcast with you and Conrad. What was it like killing off arguably the biggest and best faction ever? This is Eddie's question. What was it like killing off arguably the biggest and best faction ever in regards to the NWO? 
Oh, and I thought it, he he wanted to throw that. Me being the lead horse was no, no, no. That's just blaming you now for the NWL. Oh, okay. You killed well, that one too. Yeah. We kind of cleared that up that I was the saving grace <laughs> that I came back from <laughs> insurmountable odds. From the Brett was still on the shelf. Nash went his way. Scott went off on a tangent on nitro. Um, I held things together until creative control and slick came by in spite of them. Um, I stuck it out to the very end and then they went and changed and tried this, you know, launch of the, the new blood and, and Eric and, uh, it, truth be known Russo and Eric killed the NWO 2000. Jeff was, a, yeah, Jeff was the wind beneath their wings, you yes. know? So that's yep. what he was. Yep. Cubet Midler. All right. Uh, Tyler's up next. Was there ever a long-term plan as to where the storyline would go prior to Bret Hart's injury? So that's kind of a funny question. Was there ever really a long-term plan with this group as far as this is where we're heading with this? Twitter name here. His name is uh, Tyler. I don't have his Twitter handle. Oh, Tyler, my friend. Let's think about the phrasing of your question. Long-term plan long-term plan in WCW year 2000. That's kind of an oxymoron. Yeah. Like a long-term plan is from one nitro to thunder or maybe seg one in nitro to seg 11 in nitro. That's good. The long-term plan. That's right. Now let's throw another, uh, guitar shot here before this show wraps up. Uh, J O P O nutrition. He says, Mr. J firstly, firstly, this is my favorite Conrad podcast, sir. Sorry to disappoint you guys today that uh, Conrad's not here. Secondly, were any other members considered? Were any other members, and were any different color variations of the logo considered? So let's start with the first one. Were any other members considered that you remember for NWO 2000? Not that I recall. Again, I was not in on these creative meetings and not really sure where the ultimate decision kind of laid down. My gut tells me because Kevin was a kind of or what oh, he was a founding member. My gut tells me knowing Vince, knowing Eric that Russo probably called Kevin and said, Hey, what do you think of this? And, you know, um, and that was probably kind of the soft pitch, if you will, but I was never looped in on which members were potential and which members were not. Any different color variations of the logo considered? Thanks, Jeff. Gents, Jeff is my favorite Bullet Club member. So uh-uh. there you go. Bingo. How about that? That person's in the majority. So <laughs> the <laughs> so did they did they think about maybe we go with that Bob Vila colored you know Let's yellow no, for the no, for the color? No? Black and silver and white and the whole vibe. No, that's you know you're they, going for Raiders colors, right? Exactly. No, but I I do remember seeing kind of the the, uh, creative, uh, services sheets that, you know, the, the different looks and the logo and all that, uh, it had a vibe to it. Cause you know, black and white, uh, red, just the iterations of it, but it had a cool vibe to it. And, you know, it was arguably, it's probably a good question, but would you say the NWO shirt is the best selling WCW shirt of all oh, time. Oh yeah, WCW uh, shirt. Yes, it would because when you just put it. In Absolutely. WCW. Yeah, but otherwise, I'd say Austin three sixteen or no, no. But I'm, I'm yeah. thinking just WCW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to be it. 
by far number one. Oh, absolutely. So far and away. Uh, again, um, you know, I sold a lot of four horseman shirts. I've sold a lot of MWO shirts. <laughs> don't, uh, maybe you, I think you probably sold more. Don't, they can't see the faces I'm making. I know. Don't <laughs> piss me off. Did you do okay with those shirts? Oh, I did very well with those. Slap nuts the best, but uh, no. Okay. Uh, the color scheme, back to the guys question. We're having a lot of fun around here, but no. Uh, to my knowledge, it was like everyone was all in on that. Gavin asks, Legacy. Gimmicks like Tiger Mask and different versions of Bullet Club work in Japan. Why do you think similar attempts like NWO 2000 never stick with the American audiences? When you look at Lucha Libre, there's, you know, different, literally, it's a generational thing. There can be uh, Viano 1, Viano 2. They can be brothers, father, son, and they can pass colors and, and, and vibes and names and all that. Japan, the same. In the U.S., that's probably a, a great market research to try to really drill down. But I think culturally, U.S. is such an individualistic. People love the original, like the first in the that's space. That's right. They love the first in the space. And anything can be kind of a, a, a knockoff, if you will. And it just doesn't resonate as well. That's a good question. I, I bet there's some really good data that backs that up, but also think there's some fascinating market research out there because you just kind of look at, I mean, look at, I hate to say it, but Coca-Cola at one time, they really screwed things up. The new Coke. Yes. Coke and the different color. And that's a brand that was almost in a lot of ways, untouchable that you can't screw that up. Well, they did. <laughs> they did. It's it's the same thing with rebooted movies or TV shows that they try to do. It just doesn't yeah. capture the essence of the original. Yeah. And that's what we want. We want that, that essence. So there you go. Exactly. Devin Dowling, same thing. Colors. How did the silver and black become the colors instead of the black and white? And I think you already talked about that. Just felt like it was, you know, yeah. it was a badass type color scheme. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell Barnett asked Jeff, how great did it feel to be reunited in a group with your fellow click members, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash? And do you have any fun, crazy stories of the three of you during this period in your careers and lives as you guys were now click and NWO brothers? So now he's got you in the click. I know you've whatever. And uh, so how was it reuniting with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash? Two words. You ready? Yeah. It was too sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Uh, we're full of ourselves today, I man. This riding <laughs> with Scott and Kev was never boring. Never. I can't imagine. I mean, yeah. never. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, Gosh, during this era at WCW, it was, uh, gosh, you, you landed a flight and there's one place that you knew was going to be a sellout. That's at Avis. Cause you go down to Avis and we're going to rent every Cadillac that they have the WC. I mean, everybody had Cadillacs. So, uh, but no, so, um, no, they were great to travel with probably not for, uh, uh, podcast. If you come to a live show, we may share some of those. There you go. Uh, unique stories of uh, me, Scott, and Kev, or whatever it may be. But no, a lot of fun. They, they're they're always fun. And you know, Scott and Kevin both. Once you kind of get up on the highway and everybody's uh, starting their groove on a two hundred mile trip or two fifty or one fifty, whatever it is, uh, we talk business, and, and we would talk serious business and. 
you know, Scott, uh, again, a, a guy that, and Kevin too, we would all, you know, we, we loved it still to this day. Think it, breathe it, sleep it, die, die, you know, analyze it, dissect it, and just kind of think things through even the mind just a minute point about a match. Hey, could we do this? Could we do that? Why don't we time here? All that kind of stuff. So a lot of fun, but also educational. When you're so heavily involved in a business, that's not only taking care of you and your family so well financially, but also when you walk out and getting that crowd reaction because of maybe an idea or something that you came up with, there's nothing more invigorating that'll stimulate those creative juices from flowing you know, then, then realizing that, that, Hey, if I put some effort and energy and really push myself creatively, the sky's the limit. And it's gotta be fun. Like you said, with the two of you and all in those car rides, just brainstorming, talk about creative brainstorming sessions in those car rides. I bet that was, uh, because Scott's the one who came up with the crow idea for, for sting, you know, all all kind of little things like that, little things in matches that, uh, that was, you know, I'm going back to the 94, 95 era that we'd been a car ride and he said, Hey man, why don't we try this and have the, have the referee jump out on the floor as opposed to stay in the ring. And Scott's out there selling. And if the referee's inside the ring, that means I'm in there with the referee and the referee needs to start to count or hold me back. And Scott would say, Hey, bring the referee out on the floor with me. Let him check on me, check on me, check on me. Then roll in the ring. Jeff, don't touch him. Stay off in your corner. Act like you're going to win on a count out and let me beat the count back in at a 10, at nine and a half. Little nuances of referee placement or timing or facials or body positioning or body language. Those are the kind of things that, that really take a good match to a great match. Mm. All right. Zoe Lopez says, if you could build your own roster of NWO members from the WCW roster at this time, including yourself, which other three members would you choose to try and jumpstart the group? Start. If you could build your own roster of NWO members from the roster at that time, so the WCW talent, you get to build it, Jeff. It's you and three more people. Who would you choose for the NWO to jumpstart the group? I mean, that's that's armchair quarterback, and I would have to have you know like a, a legit roster in front of me because yeah, I'm going to say, oh, I would have picked him over that. The original four that were picked made sense. Scott and Kevin a tag. Brett was a known um, heavyweight yeah. lineage, and it made sense because he's former WWF, and it yeah, was kind of what they was all made sense. Yes, yeah. Uh, the, the 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 original four of NWO two thousand worked for me. There you go, Brad Stanton, Jeff. You've spoken openly that you knew WCW was going downhill with your two thousand twenty two mind. Would you do it now? Do what now with you? Would you, would you still go back and be a part of that whole, you know, choose to be part of that organization for that time of your life? You, you kind of got to remember did I have a option. Yeah, probably. But I knew the writing on the wall that yes, I do the same thing. Take the risk. Um, you know, would I take the risk knowing the company's going to go out of business? Well, that's really trying to play. <laughs> I mean, that, that, yeah. that, I mean, of course not. If you think the business company's going to go to, I mean, if you know the company's going out of business, you're not going to jump for 18 months. You're going to survive, stick it out, try to make it work. Obviously I didn't have that, that, that knowledge. And, and I just kind of knew my options and I didn't want to leave, but I felt it was the very best for my career. Troy Roberts is up next in all seriousness. 
NWO 2000 seems to have been snake bit for a variety of reasons. Does Jeff think anything could have been done to help salvage the unit? Were there any other wrestlers who could have been added to strengthen that group uh, that weren't a part of it? No, in, in reality. And again, these kind of podcasts kind of give you a, a great synopsis that we're talking a four month run. Well, you can't overcome life circumstances by continuing down a path that's not just going to work. So we sh- obviously Eric and Vince and everybody else shifted gears when they, when, when, when we could, um, you just couldn't for, for shadow Scott's issues, Brett's issues, my issues is tough. Gotcha. Francis Reyes is up next. He says, was there any talk about you getting silver shades during your NWO 2000 run? I had a pair just, and I had two or three pair. One, one of my, I would call it my good pair that, that looked right. It got shattered, uh, at a live event, but I had some silver shades, but I always stuck with the yellow ones. They you could see my eyes and I've always been taught people got to see your eyes in a promo. So I wore those. And, uh, anyway, I had some silver shades. All right, here we go. Tyler says, which version of the NWO was more snake bit from the start NWO 2000 or the 2002 WWF NWO attempt? I wasn't in, obviously involved in that. It's hard to imagine the 2000 wasn't the most snake bit. I mean, in such a short period of time, less than four months, three out of the four, for whatever reason, not all the same we're out. I mean, that's yeah, that's, odds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Three more questions. Tony Schiavone's booster seat says <laughs> when Brett Nash and Hall heard you were going to be the other member of the NWO 2000, do you think they collectively groaned? That's such a political sweet question. Of course <laughs> they didn't. I got along with all of them. They probably knew. Yeah. Jeff will take all the bumps. I love it. Sign him up. It's seriously. Yeah. Be my, that would be what my gut. If you say, what do you think the reaction was? Oh, great. Jeff will take the bumps. Yeah. There you go. He, he went on to say, uh, love you guys. That would be for you and Conrad. I can't wait for this episode to drop. Uh, man, I hope we didn't disappoint you with this one, buddy. Thank you for uh, supporting the show. Joshua Culver's up next. Uh, did being a top guy just kind of trump a lot of the wackiness going on? Like, were you just riding it out as long as it would go in your mind at this point? Guaranteed money. Still in my heart of hearts, something's got to change. The The only thing that I didn't happen is I didn't think that it would completely go out of business. Um, just didn't, but yes, top guy, ride it out, uh, stay the course, Control what you can control. Go out and bust your ass ass every night. So no matter who's in charge, you, you're going to be viewed and 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 taken as hard worker that gets things done. Final question for this week, Jeff, and this comes from Jeffrey. I'm not sure if this has been discussed before, but was there talk of having you being the leader of the NWO and bringing in new talent into the group when Brett's injury? occurred, even though you were the leader of the new blood group in 2001. So what's the question though? So I guess, you know, you were the leader of the new blood group in 2001. Was there ever talk of having you being the new leader of the NWO when Brett's injury occurred? Uh, did they ever kind of just recognize you at that point as, Hey, Jeff's the now the defunct de facto leader of the NWO at this point with Brett being out. 
got to remember on how quickly things kind of yeah. went down that, that, and probably my program promo skills and the different opponents that I could work with. And, you know, cause you, you think face value with Kevin would be the leader, but he had just come off those other runs of commissioner. And I don't know, that's, that's kind of a, a Russo question. Yeah. If you will, I just kind of viewed it as we all showed up and, and, and ran the play that we were asked to run. Jeff, that's going to do it for this week's show. On How about N- that, Paul? NWO Part 2, NWO 2000. Wow, like you said, can't believe you got two full episodes. I'm just not talking quickies either, man. Uh, this went long today, but we had a, look, a lot of a good conversation. Don't forget, we touched on at the beginning of the episode, StarCast.com. If you don't have a plan to get there, you need to figure it out now. Also, there's going to be opportunity for you to check it out on Fight TV. There are bundles for that as well. So check out StarCast.com and RickFlair'sLastMatch.com for all the info. Jeff, they got to be a part of it, man. I'm telling you, you know more than I know of what's going on there. And this is a dream event. The biggest ever. The unique ability that it's like a lottery. People pay the lottery. You sign up to win Ric Flair's robe, you are in essence a small little lottery, but you're doing something in a very worthy cause. Uh, first step recovery based out of Tampa deals with, uh, getting people, uh, who have the disease of addiction, getting back on their feet. Um, I could go on and on stage shows, wrestling shows. You can honestly say it is a once in a lifetime event because I, you know, as much as we want to chuckle and this and that on this kind of stage Ric Flair's last match and the way it's cached and the roast it is a once in a lifetime opportunity you know with the tickets I mean at the fairgrounds 3,000 tickets sold in 24 hours on the first go around with just saying Ric Flair's last match um, it's it is a, it's just such a unique event. If you are in a wrestling fan, uh, especially our ad free family of podcast, it, it is, a, a, it's about as much of a can't miss event as there ever has been. I'll say that. <laughs> and, and, and if the Ric Flair last match is enough to draw you out, the card underneath of his match is incredible. Crazy. It's, it's an incredible. So check it out there. Follow us over at adfreeshows.com. Jeff mentioned it already. So much bonus content over there. Early, ad-free, on video, plus the bonus shows. You get the Monday Mailbag with Mike Kyoto, Dr. Tom Pritchard. You get Rebels Happy Hour. You get so much other contact. Strictly Business with Eric Bischoff. So many other things going on over there. Uh, we're having wrestling stars come on for live Zoom events left and right. Check us out, adfreeshows.com. And finally, if you want to find all all things Jeff Jarrett and support our friend here, go to realjeffjarrett.com. Check out that website. That's where you're going to find all the social handles. You can listen to the podcast directly from the site, all his merchandise, like the beautiful shirt that he's wearing right now. All his merch is all over there. Look at that realjeffjarrett.com and you'll find it all and help support our friend, the hall of famer. He's doing it all. He's got a baseball team. He's doing all this stuff for the WWE. He's doing all kinds of things, video games. I think you're still involved something with there too, right? Oh, WrestleQuest is coming. Do you know WrestleQuest is going to have a booth? It's uh, oh. a, 
a sarcast. Yes, they're gonna. Yeah, so, Paulie, I'll get to introduce you to the uh, the cats. Oh, so very cool. Yeah, Russell Quest uh, is going to be at uh, Starcast. Awesome. Well, on behalf of the Hall of Famer Jeff Jarrett, this is Paul Bromwell, and we will see you again right here next week on My World with Jeff Jarrett. Peace. Hey, everybody. This is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day, plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network on YouTube or wherever you listen.